four. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to Wednesday morning. I love Wednesday. I like any day, actually, of the week. Uh, poor old Katie Price droning on in that usual boring, monotone voice about my husband. And that's the one who cheated on her because she's, uh, she's apparently worth cheating on. Everybody does. So why should he be any different? Uh, she's going to have to take him back because she's Little Miss Lonely. She's got no friends. But she's now revealed that he was offered £200,000 to appear on Celebrity Big Brother. I should imagine that's more fantasy from the strange, bewildered world of poor old Katie Price. I shouldn't imagine anybody would be remotely interested in that boring plank appearing on anything at all. He's not even current newsworthy, for goodness sake. Oh, Michelle Keegan. Oh, and that boring, blooming wedding. Get on with it, love. Keep your big mouth zipped up. Do us all a favour. Anyway, apart from that, it's nice to be company. Trust you well this morning. Feeling in a fairly good mood. Feeling fairly chipper. Yesterday was nice. Yesterday was nice. I went to have a talk to my publisher. My publisher. My publisher. It's, it's like say, go to see my agent, something like that, because apparently you know, there's lots of books being done at the moment, and so I went to see my publisher, which is all very exciting. It made me feel quite grown up, and I came out, and I suddenly thought, um, I, I did tweet that I was on a bus, because I, I got to the end of the road, and I was near Gray's Inn Road, which I know, I know fairly well. In fact, I was, I was almost in the, I was in the next street, St John Street, or John Street, and, uh, and I started walking the wrong way, up towards wherever I was walking up, to Hoburn. And then I thought, I looked backwards, I thought, oh, it's a bus stop. So on all the bus stops in London, it's got where you want to go to. So I just looked Waterloo, and there was a list of four buses. And then I saw one, and then it turned, blasted left and went up to Hoban that way. So I thought, no, that's wrong. I'll wait here, because there's another one coming. And blow me down, the 243, I get on that. I get the woman behind me eating, eating like sloppy food. And so, <laughs> like that all the way through. Oh, I felt like I turned around and going, you pig. And I thought, no, be quiet. You're in such a good mood. Why, why spoil the day? And it took me to Waterloo Station. I got off Waterloo Station. I get on a train. There's a train within five minutes. I get home and I, I thought, you know, this is really nice. This is really nice, actually. I'm having such a good time. And then people say, where were you? Where were you? Now, I don't know if Clerkenwell is classed as Shoreditch. I'm a bit... Is, is Shoreditch... It's, it's sort of borderline, is it? I don't know where I am half the time in London. So, so people were saying, oh, you're on the 243. You must be in Shoreditch. And I wanted to tweet back and go... I don't know. I've got no idea where I am. I'm just on a bus. And normally I'd go and sit upstairs, but I've discovered that sometimes they try and dislodge me as I'm walking down the stairs. And one of these days I'm going to fall. And I'm at that age where falling hurts. And so all in all, it was quite nice. Then people were re- retweeting yesterday and downloading and, and doing all the bits. And uh, Rupert's up very early this morning. Gosh, you must be up. At- no, no, this is Rupert. This is, Ru- this, is, this is the guy I bumped into in Twickenham a short while ago. And he comes rushing over to me. And he goes, to, and then I realised that he tweeted about because he was in Twickenham doing a raid, because he's a he's a policeman. He uh, he goes out and does these raids on crack dens and stuff like that. And um, and so ever since then, he's obviously up at the. I mean, he's up at this time of the morning. I mean, good God in heaven, I mean, what earth you up at, unless you're going on another raid, which I'm assuming is the uh, is the order of the day. How exciting! Because you know my favourite programmes on the telly are the police where they pin people to the ground. I absolutely love it. And then in America, they have a thing. You know, over here, we have car chases. And we'll happily pursue these uh, egrets throughout, you know, all the back streets. And they cross over and they go off-road and they do this and that. And I'm thinking, you know, 
perhaps a 12-bore shotgun, just sort of take the tyres out. In America, they have a much quicker... They are not going to waste time with the drunk drivers, with the, the people who thieve, the drug dealers, anything else like that. So the, the police drivers are taught to ram the car sideways. If you ram it at the back against what they call the fender, we call the bumper, it spins the car round. And so they've got this guy, and he's going the wrong way up the motorway, on the hard shoulder, and they're, they're going, no, we're going to stop you. And it's this rookie cop's first first stab at trying to stop somebody on the road. And so he literally, he, he thinks about it, and he gets it spot on. The car spins round and rolls over onto its roof. One drug dealer, out. Of the, uh, of the equation. They don't waste time. They couldn't care less whether they write off police cars over there. They're just determined that nobody else is going to get injured. Over here, I think we man be pan with them too much. Would you like to come? Australia, they're worse. Australia, um, would you like to do a breath test? No. Would you like to come with me to the police station? No, I wouldn't. There's some bloke the other day. He'd been pulled up because he'd caused an accident in which a, a person had died. And he's sitting at the police station. You're just picking on me. You're just picking... How the police put up with it? I thought if the cameras hadn't been there, I'd have laid him out. Laid him out on the floor. This man was a filthy, vile, foul-mouthed drunk. And why we have to be nice to people like that, I don't know. I'm short, sharp shock treatment myself. I'm the kind of person... And if you saw the picture that was in one of the papers today, you're going to be thinking the same as... Um, the same as me, because I look at it and I just feel heartily sick to my stomach. Tell you what it is a bit later. Um, a ban on wearing burqas in public is justified because the veils undermine the ability of people to live together in society, judges have declared in France. The controversial restrictions, you remember they banned the burqa over there and a couple of, a couple of rather silly people decided to go with it and, of course, they took them into court and fined them. Um, and so they've actually decided that people need to see each other's faces. Nobody needs to wear a burqa. It's absolute codswallop to wear a burqa. It doesn't say anywhere that you have to cover up. This is women being shunned by men in society and pushed down into third-class citizen status. And so, uh, you know, I think people should not wear it over here. If every time I see somebody, I laugh, I'm afraid. I do laugh. I always think, you're so sad. Why are you being put upon by somebody? It doesn't say you have to do it like that at all. Uh, by the way, the, uh, the techs are working. Are you thrilled? That exciting? The, the, the tags are working. There you go. 84850, steve at uk. Because they apparently stopped yesterday. Uh, well, they actually stopped in the early hours of this morning because it was for, for whatever they call it, maintenance. And they are back on again now. So that's nice, isn't it? So if you want to send a text, you can. Can't guarantee I'll read them all out, but I'll do my very best. 84850, steve at uk. More people have come forward, as indeed we suspected they would, in the Rolf Harris abuse case. Well, I was talking to my publisher yesterday and we were we were saying the one thing that we're more hurt by is the fact that Rolf Harris has let us all down. You know, this is Rolf Harris, who was the children's entertainer. Rolf Harris, who, as far as I was concerned, was whiter than white. This was Rolf Harris, who sang songs. Rolf Harris, who painted with big paintbrushes. Rolf Harris, who just, you know, he painted the Queen. He just, he did Animal Hospital. I've said on this programme, he has to be the best presenter for Animal Hospital. The moment the allegations came out, they cancelled Animal Hospital. And you think, why would you want to do that? Why would you want to scupper an entire career over... I mean, one of the girls was seven. There's a new one come forward, who I believe is seven or was seven at the time. This is going back. These are historical events. But found guilty of 12, and now there's another 12 come forward. We thought yesterday five. Now it turns out there's 12, and I suspect there will probably be more as more people get, get a bit more courage to come forward and say, well, you know, I sat on his knee. I mean, I can't believe it. Because it's Rolf Harris, and that's what we said yesterday. We were saying, it's just, it's so hurtful. But one of the columnists has picked up on what I said yesterday. The person who's hurt the most, his wife. 
Bindi, his daughter, apparently has been in therapy for years trying to deal with the fact that, you know, maybe she didn't have the greatest relationship with her father. Probably now, with hindsight, that's never going to be repaired. Never, ever going to be repaired at all. And that's a sad thing, because you can only look to your own parents and you think, well, I was, I mean, I was very fortunate. I was very, very fortunate. You know, I had great parents. I always thought my parents were great. Well, not always thought they were great, as indeed you don't when you're growing up. You think, you know, your father says to you, don't treat this place like a hotel. Your mother's got better things to do than walk around after you picking your clothes up. But at the same time, when they're not there, that's the time you wish they were there. In the case of Bindi, she knows he's there. She knows what he's done because he did it to one of her friends. But he's in prison. Uh, how the wife's going to cope, I've got no idea. I really don't know. And we were saying there's a catalogue of people that are from your childhood who are in prison. Stuart Hall, you know, in prison for these things, then came out and then was charged with more offences back into prison again because it was such a, a low sentence. We were almost gambling yesterday on what we think the sentencing for Rolf Harris would be on Friday. And it ranged from 18 months to eight years. But whatever it is, it's not going to help anybody, is it? I'm not sure if there's any compensation due. The BBC have said they're not going to launch an investigation. And and you begin to wonder, the BBC, everything has just been heaped on them because most of the people who were done for these things were employed by the BBC. I mean, either it was a, a cult of covering things up there and everybody knew what was going on. Turns out in the Jimmy Savile case, most people seem to know what was going on in the NHS. It's only us blissfully on the outside. We just go, oh, he's all right. It's only old Jimmy Savile. He's a bit eccentric, isn't he? Nope. He was a serial pervert. In fact, he was possibly even bigger than you can ever imagine. And if the stories are to be believed, his relationship with his mother was slightly strange. He stayed with her body for five days, didn't he? But there again, this is a man who used to hang around in mortuaries. It's all very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. Uh, other stories. Oh, that Tracy M in bed. Remember the other day we were going a million pounds for an unmade bed? And I said, you can buy this studio from me. Give me a million pounds. You can have this studio. Imagine all the people who've sat in here. Boris. Except yesterday on the cable car. I loved that on the cable car. Do you think that was the funniest thing ever? How much is a ride on the cable car? And uh, Boris goes, uh, well, it's cheap as chips. He didn't have the faintest idea. And he was going, oh, it takes thousands of people. In the time that they did the breakfast show, 30 people, I think, had been on the cable car. 30 people. Mind you, perhaps Emirates have got loads of money, so it doesn't really bother them that much. I've never been on it. I want to go on it. But it's only last five minutes. They slowed it down yesterday so that Boris didn't get sick as they were going round and round and round. And also, I mean, I'd have speeded it up for the sake of the questions because he didn't know the answer to many of them. You know, so this is very successful, is it, Mr Mayor? Uh, that's the figures we have. Well, it's not. We've been doing a clicker on all the people going. And it was 30 or something. Whatever it was, it was ridiculous. Old VB's in the paper today. Yep, Victoria Beckham doing another one of her poses. And, of course, it's ironic because David's just uh, just posing in his pants again. It's so funny, isn't it, that David Boy Beckham must look at his pictures and go, I look so butch here, and yet in real life, I'm really quite girly. And and she sort of sits there, and uh, where they're, they're obviously trying to elevate themselves. She's in August Vogue. It's quite a pretty picture, you know, if you like that kind of thing. But you know that she's Miss Misery. You know that it's all very odd. And I heard some really good gossip the other day. I can't tell you. I cannot tell you. I cannot tell you because I, I know where it's come from. And it's a very, very good source. In fact, I heard two really, really good bits of gossip about about three really well-known celebrities. But I, my lips are sealed. Zip! I cannot say anything at all. Lest the lawyers come down and go, what have you just said about our client? Mm, interesting. So, Davy Boy in his pants again. Dullard. And um, Victoria Beckham sitting under a tree by herself, which is kind of what you think. Oh, and Tracy Emmons' bed. How much did that go for? 2.5 million. 2.5. Some buffoon paid 2.5 
million pounds for it. Oh, who bought... Ah! Wait a minute, wait a minute. So it comes with dirty sheets, empty vodka bottles, cigarette butts, discarded underwear, and um, it was auctioned at Christie's. Charles Saatchi, the ex-husband of Nigella Lawson, bought the uh, 1999 Turner Prize shortlisted work for 150000 in 2000. He sold it to an anonymous buyer... Uh, for two million five hundred and forty-six thousand, the money goes to the Saatchi Gallery in Chelsea. Miss Emin, who was in the packed auction room, and said she wished the work could stay in the UK. I wish you'd go abroad, uh, stay abroad. I just don't. We said yesterday. I'm obviously very ignorant because I don't understand modern art, and I don't understand an unmade bed. What a dirty person she must be if that's her idea of an unmade bed. Vodka bottles all over it. I mean, please, chocolate milk, chocolate milk. That's all people drink in bed. Nobody drinks blooming vodka, do they? Quarter past four. I so wish I could tell you this, this gossip which I heard yesterday because you'd absolutely wet yourself. You re- I mean, you wouldn't believe... Well, two, two, of the, two of the people you would believe and two, two of the people I would, I would tell you about, but I can't, uh, you'd go, no. I mean, that would be the sort of gossip that you'd have to repeat at dinner party. You'd go, we don't believe what I've just heard. I mean, I'd love to be able to tweet it, but you can't tweet those sort of things now anyway. You just have to sort of accept my word that it was really, really good. Uh, Angela and Bob in Pratt's Bottom. What a beautiful morning. The birds are singing. Round here, they're just coughing. There's a lot of cigarette smoking going on outside, so the birds just cough first thing in the morning. Bob's making the tea, and you're on the airwaves. Who could ask for anything better? Say the Barkers down there in Brant's Bottom. Do you know, I still, I've, I still can't wait for it to snow again. People think I'm mad. I must be the only person in the world who goes, I can't wait for it to be winter. Although yesterday I had a very busy day, so I, I did my, uh, my show. Then we did uh, Sunita. Who came in? Look, she looks, does look very good, very glamorous, very glamorous for whatever age she is. We never mention age. I've decided it's not a wise thing to do. And uh, then I went to my publishers, and then after I'd done that, then I came back home, and then I then I forgot to water the plants. So at one thirty this morning, I'm out there with my little hose, unlike the man who was on this morning yesterday. And I'm I'm sort of watering all my little plants, and I thought, well, that's good. That'll do that. And I've got nothing to do today. Then tomorrow, where am I going tomorrow? Oh, I'm going to do uh, Alexander Armstrong tomorrow. But I'm going off to see my friends at the Marketeers, so they send a car for me. It's all very glamorous. And then I should get the little bus back at the end of the road, because I've got my little pass, and, uh, and that'll be nice. And then Friday, nothing, which is great. And then I think I might Saturday, because I can't remember which day my godchildren get their new puppy. You know, they've already got one dog called Cookie, and they've got a new one coming, which is from the same mother, but only a, a recent litter, and they're going to call it Oreo. Oreo cookie. I don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't, know. I don't quite get the gag myself. But so I'm looking forward to that. So that might be on Saturday. And then we think we might go to Vaujan on Saturday evening, seeing as I've not been there for a few uh, few weeks. On the subject of the police raid, says Ian, aren't drugs the bane of society? I'm glad to see the police are doing something about it. It's it's a it's a never ending job. I'm sure that Rupert will tell you, and I can tell you as well that it, you get uh, you get nowhere. You know, you you have a drugs raid. And and then all of a sudden they go, oh, that's fantastic. They've managed to find this much drug. They've done that drug. But there's thousands of people doing drugs. Thousands of this. This story about these two celebrities is of uh, is of drugs. I can't. T- I so want to tell you who it is. I so want to tell you. But I know I know legally I can't tell you. But it's I mean, you wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised. Uh, he says, yes, the U.S. police. USA police can be right to the point at times, solve the problems of drugs straight off. But they've got even more problems, because what they've got added to their problem is they've got people with guns. That's the, that's the problem. of Their gun crime is rife. Look at all these loonies who go around and start blasting people at school, and that bloke who puts himself up on the internet because he was turned down for women, because, I mean, quite clearly they were very intelligent and saw through the fact that he was a raving lunatic. 
And then he was taken out by the police, but not before he'd inflicted death on other families. And as the families have said since then, we don't want that kind of thing in London. It's bad enough with knife crime. We felt so sorry, didn't we, for that young man the other day who was chased down a street. His father's a, a pastor at a, at a church. Chased down a street in Arlesden. And for no reason that, that has become apparent, unless he was a member of a gang that his parents weren't aware of, but so far they've said nothing at all, he was just stabbed to death on the pavement. Who are these people? Why don't we just take them and hang the bastard? Sorry. The, you know, that's the kind of thing. It's gut reaction, isn't it? It's gut reaction. If that was your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, you'd be feeling the same. Small wonder people become police officers to try and sort of set the world uh, right. Uh, 84850. Russell Brand, apparently, according to Hillary, has said that imprisoning Rolf Harris isn't going to achieve anything and is pointless. What do you think we should do with him? Or just let him carry on wandering about? No, of course you've got to put him in prison. That's typical Russell. Who's interested in anything Russell Brand says? The man's an idiot. Complete and utter idiot. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Um, another one here, as we weave everything in, because the texts are up and running. 84850, steve at uk. And Sarah says, I so agree with you about wanting it to snow. I love it. Please tell us the gossip. I can't. I can't. I wish I could. I wish I could, but it's, it's, it's good gossip. You see, that, that's even more intriguing, isn't it? When somebody says, I've got a really good story for you, but I can't tell you what it is. Let's have a quick look through the papers, shall we? Let's see what we're, uh, we're offering you this morning, ladies and gentlemen. It'll be the usual diatribe from the, from the good, the great, and the terminally stupid. And uh, here we go. Uh, Geordie Shaw stud Gary Beadle. I'm sorry, I have no idea who he is. I've never seen Geordie Shaw. We talked about him with my publisher yesterday. And, um, and he apparently drives uh, a Ferrari. How on earth, at the age of whatever he is, he gets insurance? He's only 25. He claims to have bedded a 1,000 women. Yeah, but where you come from, mate, I mean, that's called just an easy Saturday night out, isn't it, really? Um, apparently a Star Wars fan who changed his name by deed poll to his hero, Han Solo, can't renew his passport. Why do people do that? Why do people ch- his name's Dominic Kimber, um, Kimberly. He adopted the moniker in 2008 and changed his bank details. When it came to his passport, the accounts manager was refused. He's an accounts manager. I mean, what? I mean, how stupid do you have to be? How stupid do you have to be? Home office officials claimed it was because he was named after a fictional character. Exactly. You know. So, what do you think Scylla Black's passport says? It doesn't say Scylla Black. It'll it'll be in her married name. It won't it won't say Scylla Black because that's a made up name. Lots of people, you know, have made up names, showbiz names that they use or for tax purposes. And the only two places you can't have it changed are your driving license and your passport. So uh, that's about as good as it gets, I'm afraid. So, of course, he can't have it changed. The Pythons were out last night. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan, but I understood they were there. Apparently, they didn't appear on stage that often. They were there, but in keeping with their age, they, uh, they stayed away. Kate Garraway went. Uh, Brian Cox was something to do with it. Stephen Fry, but he'll turn up at the opening of a fridge door. And um, it all went well. Carol Cleveland looked wonderful, as usual. And, uh, and they did do the parrot sketch. And they did loads of other things, and I'm sure people absolutely loved it, even though they paid a lot of money. A lot of money. They had camp sailors singing, and, you know, it was all in all... Listen, if people are happy with it and they're prepared to pay the money, who are we to complain? It's not up to us to decide on things like that. If somebody wants to spend their money that way, fantastic. If they enjoy the uh, the pythons. I suppose if they, you know, if all of a sudden they said, right, Michael Crawford's going to recreate Some Mothers Do Have em, and he's going to do it live on stage, people will go and see him. People go and see him because it's, you know, Michael Crawford's got his uh, his fans and they will they will pay tickets. They will they will they will pay tickets. They'll buy tickets. They'll buy tickets. Excuse me one minute. Mm. 
Ah, lovely. Paul Sam Smith, he goes to uh, Glastonbury and his house gets burgled while he's away. Last year, Helen Flanagan posted she was uh, home alone on Twitter, only to be robbed by three masked raiders and uh, lots of other people. Lots of other people have been... Ian Wright, of course, targeted while he was in Brazil. And loads of other people get targeted by people who look at the house. Once they know where you live, they sort of think, oh, well, that's easy easy pickings. I'd be grateful if they burgled me, to be honest with you. At least it would clear the place. That'd be quite nice, wouldn't it? Uh, I like the idea of putting um, school kids on the scales every year. I think that would uh, that's a, a fairly good idea. But I, I think, better still, they should close down the fast food shops. Close down the fast food shops and then nobody would ever ever get fat. Once you've got rid of all these trans fat places, then we'd all be sort of thin as rakes, because at some point we were all thin. I know it sounds as though we weren't. I mean, I have seen fat children. They do exist. But uh, but unfortunately, over the years, you eat the stuff you like. And what do we like? we like? I can remember when we used to go out, I used to do a show on a Friday evening on LBC, and we were three doors away from a pub uh, in Shepherd's Bush. And we would always go there every Friday night. Me, the producer Lucy... Steve Hargrave, who used to be one of my guests, and we'd sit there and we would order bowls of chips. Well, I tell a fib, I would order bowls of chips. Because when you're drinking, chips are the best thing to have. We could get through about six bowls of chips. Delicious. Absolutely delicious. Uh, Nicole Scherzinger uh, is going on about her, uh, her life. And she says, bulimia robbed me of my life. It was my drug. Why do people want to tell you about their boring, bloody lives? Who cares? I mean, I don't care. Does it make anybody else's life Different? No, they have to tell you, don't they, what they're doing, what they're doing all the time. It's like on the front of the... Which paper was it? Is it the uh, Mirror this morning? Michelle Keegan. What a bore she's turned out to be. What a droning little... Oh, God. No, 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 no. Why Mark is not in charge of our wedding. Who cares? Nobody cares, love. Get over yourself. You know, no acting jobs on the horizon. Nothing, nothing at the moment. Some photo shoots and perhaps some clothes to launch, but as you didn't have anything to do with designing them, it's just like a sponsorship deal, isn't it, really? You know, I'll be glad when you're married and you can settle back, get yourself pregnant and then disappear from our lives forever. Be very happy with that one. Very, very happy. Uh, what do we have here? This is, um... Oh, that's... Oh, I like this idea. I didn't, I didn't know about this one before. Marks and Spencers are going to sell liquid sprouts. I know, it does sound a bit old, doesn't it? And more I think about it, actually. Hoping to woo kids and adults who hate the bitter-tasting vegetable. I love sprouts. I really do like sprouts. I mean, I don't think they're bitter-tasting at all. This is Brussels sprout juice. Mixed with... Oh, it's mi- it's a mixed thing. It's mixed with pear and apple. It's not Brussels sprouts, is it? That's fibbing. The Brussels sprout juice mixed with pear and apple to make it sweeter. And it's being launched today at £2.20 a bottle. You might as well just make it yourself. But apparently, this is part of their... Did you, I, saw a, I saw a cake the other day. They've got a, a cake, a Marks & Spencer's cake. It's a strawberry trifle cake. Sounds delicious. They've also got a Christmas cake-flavoured liqueur, sprout coleslaw, and a cheese selection with edible plates made of crackers. Oh, I don't know, that sounds quite good. And so they, they think the juice will be more excited. The, uh, exciting, not excited. 40 staff working on the Christmas range. Other new items include a Christmas dinner pie containing turkey, pigs in blankets, stuffing and cranberry sauce. That sounds quite nice. If it's there, as big a disaster as one of their other ones last year, no thank you. There's also a cake covered in flashing lights and uh, G and tea, a gin infused with tea and gold flakes. Oh, there you go. I'm all up for something new because Marks and Spencer's uh, dreary Christmas range, I'm afraid, has been nothing short of boring over the years. Their party food has been nothing short of, I think you need to go back to school and try and come up with something new. At least over in Waitrose, they made the effort and came up with new stuff. Admittedly, most of it wasn't particularly good. 
you know, because they're looking for party food. But Marks and Spencer's was the same old rubbish we had the year before. Only this time round, it was even smaller. Their little triangles of, uh, of salmon, I mean, barely had seen the fish. It was pathetic. It really was. So uh, just be warned that uh, things get smaller, but the prices rise. Morning, everybody. 27 minutes to, uh, to 5. 8 for 850. Chris Reardon says, The Real Housewives of Disney. Very funny. It's not a serious programme. We I was talking to my publisher the other day, and, um, and she was saying, she said, I love the Housewives of Orange County. I said, isn't that funny? And we, we, I liked one of the people that, sh uh, that she didn't... Sorry, I disliked one of the people she didn't like, and then the other one she did like, and I said, I hated her. Tamara, I thought it was a ghastly old bag. Awful, dreadful people. Dreadful, dreadful people. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Devo says, listening in from Sao Paulo. He says, uh, you said my name fine. It's Devo, like the punk band. Canon John Devo, you see. Sounds quite exciting, doesn't it? I did laugh. You can always tell a PR puff, and here it is today. Sam Fahir's. Yeah, the dreary old bag who apparently, apparently is going out with Joey Essex. And, um... She uh, she's managed to regain her weight. I'm happy to have my curves back. So she's modelling this this underwear, and then she's she's got another reason to celebrate. Wait for this, okay? This is the girl with no talent at all. Uh, her perfume La Bella is the top selling fragrance in the fragrance shop. In other words, it's not even in the running of anything else at all. It doesn't get it's 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 sold in one of those shops where they sell this kind of tat. You know, it's, it's one of those, you know, this is, this is the shop that will sell the Jade Goody stuff. It'll sell the Peter Andre Insania stuff. It sells all that kind of low-rent market things. And she says, for the Sam said, this is how delusional the poor old woman is. For the past year, during the development of La Bella, I've been so excited, and to hear it's the best-selling celebrity fragrance this year has blown me away. I'm so happy people love it, and I can't wait to meet more of my fans on my fragrance tour. Oh, Christ. You can only imagine, can't you, what dreary's going to turn up. Perhaps they're buying it because they think it's toilet duck. Perhaps they got a bit confused. Perhaps it's Blue Lou or something like that. You're going to be going around doing it. And then they had another programme on the telly. What did I see? It was obviously some dating programme. Because they had a bloke sitting at a bar, quite a posh bar, and then in comes this bedraggled old creature who sits on the stool. Hello, she goes. I thought she was putting the voice on. I thought it was a... I, I thought she's doing this as a joke. And uh, she looks glamorous, and she opens her mouth and sounds like a foghorn. You know, it's a little bit like... Like Gemma Collins, like half the girls in Towie. They've, they've, they've got little girl voices, talk like that, don't they? You know, and this one was even more whiny than usual. And then he goes, I like your tattoo. And she goes, you're a bit forward, aren't you? And I'm sitting there thinking, have you listened to yourself back? Have you actually watched this programme, please, and listen to this whiny little voice? And then I thought, this is why there's the dumbing down of the country, because they put these people on television. And she obviously thinks she's being really... Perhaps obviously somebody said to her, you're a good-looking girl, ain't you? She goes, do you think so? Do you think so? Oh, no, that sounds like Harry Durbridge. Because um, he sounds like that. Another one with a whiny little voice. So, so very funny, little Sam for here is modelling her underwear, but really, she's quite, she's quite plain, I'm afraid. She really is. There, there's no looks going on here at all. Everybody looks like this in their underwear, Sam. It's just that their eyes are a bit, bit uh, wide open. Katie Price droning on to anybody who'll listen about her dreary little love rat husband, Kieran, who she's taken back, you know, because I took him back because I ain't got nobody, and I'm a lonely old bag. And we were discussing with my publisher yesterday uh, about uh, how much money she's got. We all agreed we don't think she's got 35 million quid in the bank. I just do not think it's possible. The only thing she's had that's been successful are the books, but she never writes them. 
because she just sits down and goes, I see the story is like, like, you know, a girl on a pony and she comes into London and she wants to ride Norse. And so they, they make up a story about it. But she's quite good at chipping in with bits, saying, no, this, this girl wouldn't have a phone like that. She'd have a Nokia, you know, covered in jewels or something like that. So it's, it's, all, it's all fantasy in poor old delusional's mind. And so now, because Kieran was cheating for seven months, ha, 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 it shows how, how naff she must be in the bedroom department. But I should imagine by now, you know, I shouldn't imagine there's much... Go- I shouldn't imagine she could really be bothered. Because let's face it, she's had five husbands. I mean, and Kieran, we've seen performing with another girl on the internet. And uh, to be honest with you, Katie Price didn't come... You know, the, the fact that she's, she's, she's pregnant is, of course, a mystery to us all. But anyway, so she's, uh, she was saying that the marriage is on the mend. Hilarious, isn't it? Absolutely hilarious. You watch. It'll, it'll go pear-shaped again. That's what happens with her. He gets back together, drones on about her boring life, and then we all laugh at her, and then it'll go pear-shaped again. He will cheat. Of course he will. He will, he will find somebody else to cheat on with her. At the moment he's doing it, because, I mean, as if he was ever going to be offered 200,000 quid by I'm a celebrity, get me out of it. No chance. Celebrity big brother, 200,000. They don't pay that kind of money, love. But, of course, I mean, if it serves the purpose and it's, it's your idea of sticking the knife in Alex Reed's back, they, she says, Alex Reed got offered 150 grand and Kieran was offered 200. Yeah, and I was offered a million, love. I was offered a million. There you go. And how much were you offered? You didn't get very much at all, did you? I was quite surprised. Then you went back in again, but you weren't much coppered it. In other words, you're just a bit dreary. You're a bit dreary and a bit boring, and uh, but it serves your purpose, doesn't it? It serves your purpose, but at the moment, we all just feel a little bit sorry for you, I'm afraid. And um, Alex says, you've got me puzzled. I changed my name back in 1960 and have my new name in both my driving licence and passport. Well, it depends. If, if it's a married name, then you can change it. You can't make up a name of a celebrity. You can't all of a sudden call yourself Han Solo. You cannot do that. A friend of mine managed to get... He's, he's changed his name as well by Deepol, and he's got the passport changed. The only thing he had trouble with, PayPal. PayPal. But you can't make up a, a fictitious name. You know, you can't take the name of a celebrity because there is, you know, there is a, there is a, a law that goes along with that, and that's why. So you can change... And your driving licence... So, in other words, if you decide that you don't want to be known as uh, Alec Winterbottom, you want to be known as Alec Snowstorm and you change it by deed poll, well, then you can change it on your passport. But you can't just do it for a bit of fun because you're a fan of Han Solo. That's just for the stupids, isn't it, really? Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Jenny says, I prefer autumn and winter as well. Well, the way, way we're going, we're getting pretty close to it, aren't we? Absolutely pretty close to it. And we're getting there, because now we're into July. I can't believe we're into July already. And already we're up to the, the 2nd of July. It only seems like yesterday. It was June. Wait a minute, day before yesterday, it was June. And so now we have this, um, we have this sort of thing going on where we're going to go July, August, September. And then you're going to be into the Christmas stuff. Somebody said, no, 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 you don't get Christmas stuff in October. I said, of course you do. Of course you do. Get loads of loads of Christmas stuff out. Costco will have it. Will have it from I would think the end of October. In fact, actually, if not before, then I'm sure we've done it. Uh, I'm sure we've done it last year. It came in a bit earlier. I think so. Uh, Taz says I can't believe that uh, M&S used her in their latest advertising. This is Tracy Emin. Yeah, well, you know, it's, that's the way. they obviously think. They obviously think that, you know, she's newsworthy. Although you look at some people. I mean, does it affect you if a celebrity's advertising something? 
when you see people, you listen, sometimes I listen to voiceovers on the television, and I and I and I think, oh, that's Terry Wogan doing, you know, margarine or whatever it is. Would you go out and buy it on the strength of it's Terry Wogan? I don't think so. I mean, do you seriously think that maybe Terry Wogan uses that particular product? I shouldn't think so. It's people. I remember seeing once who was it that was well known for advertising Waitrose, and they were pictured coming out of Tesco's. And you think, well, of course. Why, why do you think? Because somebody's paid by Waitrose. Why would they shop there? They might want to go somewhere cheaper and spend the money that Waitrose have just paid them. Just because they're paid by a company, they don't have to adver- you know, and to advertise it. They don't have to use the product. Steve says, uh, Rob, I shall sell you my unmade bed for a tenner. Malcolm says, I laughed at an episode of Night Cops where a thug did a runner across a field and was stopped by a herd of cows. Yes. And Dorothy says, it's time the burqa was banned. Such a shame the government are incapable of making a decision. Exactly. I mean, you don't need it. It's, it's very silly. They banned it in France, and uh, the High Court has also banned it, saying it's an affront. You know, you should be able to see people's faces. Why on earth would you not want to see somebody's face? It's got absolutely codswallop to do with the Koran. doesn't say anywhere in the Koran. You've got to be covered up all the time. This is the, uh, this is the work of a few mealy-mouthed men who want to oppress women. It's about time women fought back, I think. Good God in heaven, you fought for the blasted vote. Why are you not fighting for your rights anymore? Sit there like sort of third-class citizens. It's very embarrassing. Uh, Tom says, what on earth will Katie Price's kids think when they're old enough to know what's a piece of, what a piece of work she is? And all these men. Yeah, I mean... Well, I suppose they're getting to that stage now. Junior, we've already seen, playing with the cameras and talking about why the camera's not following us and all that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. Will they turn out to be troubled kids? Who knows? We have no idea. Will will the effect... I've always thought there was something rather bizarre of having a film crew in when uh, when the kids are sort of having their baths and stuff like that. I thought that was a bit distasteful. But there again, Katie Price doesn't seem to understand anything like that at all. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, another one here. Uh, Steve the Chauvin says, please tell us the gossip. Do what they say on the news that for legal reasons the people can't be named. Well, that's what I've said. For legal reasons I can't name these people because I get this gossip from somebody else. But it's, it's very reliable. It's very, very reliable. But I can't do it because it's not my story. You see, that's, that's the difference. It has to be my story. So in other words, if somebody writes in to me and says, uh, oh, I've just had a terrible meal at, um, you know, Chakrabarti's, you know, pie and mash shop. And I then go, Chakrabarti's pie and mash shop, dreadful, dreadful place. They've served up this pie and it contains human embryos and all that kind of stuff. They quite rightly can sue. But if I've had the experience and I say, I went to this pie and mash shop the other day, then that's my experience. So I can tell you the story. I can explain what went on. So when I go into a shop and I get bad service, I can tell you that story because that's my because I can then go back to them and say, OK, let's prove it happened. Get, get it back on the CCTV. I'll prove I was here at this time and I'll prove this was the conversation because I've got it on my phone because I'm quite good at recording conversations on my phone just in case you need to sort of come back onto somebody. So when somebody... I remember once we had a, a situation uh, whereby we had... I think I, I think I told you the story of a certain place... Uh, where we'd had ducklings born on our patio for about the fourth year running. Every year, ducks come back and they give birth and it becomes an absolute pay. The pretty first time round, it's lovely. Oh, look, ducklings, lovely. Second year, oh, look, the ducklings again. And third year, we really don't want the ducklings. So I phoned up this this place and the bloke the other end said, what do you expect me to do about it? I said, well, I'm expecting you to come round and take them away. That's what you do, isn't it? He said, we haven't got time for that, and put the phone down on me. So I relayed the story. I relayed the story. And uh, they then come right back a week later 
um, alleging all sorts of things. We did not speak to this person, blah, 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 blah. We have no knowledge of this whatsoever. Unfortunately for them, we'd recorded the conversation because I was with my neighbour, Lynn. And so we were able to write back to them and go, you're a bunch of blooming liars. Nothing worse than somebody accusing you of something. If, you know, if you've been accused of something and you know they're right, you hold your hands up. You say, yes, I agree, I did say that. But, you know, in the case of these people, they blatantly lied. Blatantly lied. So ever since then, every time somebody mentions this particular organisation, I go, watch them. They're compulsive liars. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. 13 minutes to uh, five. Nick Ferrari this morning, European Court of Human Rights, upholding the ban on the burqa. Nick asked, could we enforce the ban over here? Well, they could. They stopped smoking. I'm assuming you can stop anything if you make it an act of parliament and then you make it illegal. Simple as that. It's not complicated. Plus, should we enshrine in law how much foreign aid we give every year? Did I hear earlier on that we give foreign aid to Russia? Foreign aid to Russia? in God's name we do that? We give it to Pakistan. We give it to China. One of the richest nations. What do they give us? Oh, well, sweet and sour pork, special fried rice, so quite a lot of things, really. And why has the dangerous internet craze now claimed the life of a young father? Nick Ferrari and the team from Seven this morning, Andrew Pierce. We'll be looking through the papers. He presents Saturday mornings on LBC. He's the consultant editor of the Daily Mail. He'll no doubt throw his arms around me this morning and go, good morning, love. Which he does. And he's probably getting up at this precise moment. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Uh, I watched one of those animal cop programmes over the weekend and a woman who starved her horse to death was given 30 days in jail, says Kevin the Milkman. The first three days on bread and water and pictures of the horse in the cell with her. Now that's closer to proper justice. I would do the same with dealers and junkies. Tend to a cell, bread and water only, and let them rot. He says, is, is it true that your passport's in your real name of Dwayne Dibley? I am Dwayne Dibley. <laughs> be funny if it was, wouldn't it, really? <laughs> Very good. Uh, the two women... Says Johnny G, who I picked up from the O2 Arena, Dolly Parton concert on Saturday, uh, who went to a site in Bashley Road, Northwest 10 in Harlesden, got out and ran off, leaving £67.80 on the metre, are in for a shock. Their photo from the taxi camera is being circulated on posters all over London. The police even know which caravan they live in, and it's going to the taxi press. Not that people who live off benefits and steal are bothered. No, they're not bothered. That's the. You see, I think... You should, you know, if you're a taxi driver, and you can probably do it, probably more so in the in the black taxis than you can in the other ones, is you keep the door locked and you get the money. You know, that so-and-so, so-and-so, have you got the money on you? Uh, no. Well, you're not, well, I'm going to drive you to the nearest police station then. Simple as that. I wouldn't even let these people out. I, re- I really wouldn't let them out. But uh, you do get people who thieve naturally. I mean, I would, you know, I think sometimes some countries get it right. You thieve, we chop your hands off. OK, simple as that. Let's not waste time. Makes it, you know, so much easier. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here. This is, uh, this is on um, Countdown Star, dealing with her year from hell, Rachel Riley. Latin music, because she went out with somebody, I think she was married to somebody, wasn't she, or something like that. And then, um, and then, she, uh, then she wasn't. And now, of course, she's decided to tell us all about it. And it's, it's so dreary and so boring. I always think to myself, why make yourself out to be a bit stupid? Why not just sort of get on with your life and stop droning on about, you know, oh, you've had the year from hell. We don't care. I couldn't care less whether you've had the year from hell. I don't go on air and go, oh, I've had the day from hell. I've had the day, oh, the dreadful day from hell. And drone on about it all the time. I hardly ever mention myself on the programme, as you all know. It's not my nature. I prefer talking about other people. And so she started doing rumba classes. Oh, shut up. Shut up, woman. You only do numbers on a programme. 
You know, you just stand there, and for four hundred quid, you just you just tell us, you know, what the numbers are, and you do a number crunching thing, and that's about it. Don't overhype your uh, your your job in life, because it's really quite boring. Uh, as if the celebs weren't boozed out enough at Glastonbury. Wait for this. Well known, who are you, Alexa Chung, and her pals went off to party on Monday night. The gang, including Daisy Lowe, Sam Smith, Caroline Flack, and Sadie Frost. I'm a bit old for partying. Should they not be sitting at home doing knitting or something like that, or doing advert for sort of, you know, shredded wheat? And they went to a boutique hotel where they played croquet. It's this Alexa Chung we're all slightly concerned about. Nobody knows who she is. I've asked around the building, and people say, yeah, they've read her name in the paper, but they don't know who she is. So perhaps she'd like to let us know. Who are you? What do you do? Why are you in the papers? Are you one of these sort of tit girls, sorry, it girls, who just sort of wanders around? I couldn't, I was trying to remember a name with my publisher yesterday, and, uh, and the name, I've just remembered, it's Lady Victoria Hervey, because they're, Lady Victoria Hervey, and she has a sister as well, both equally as vacuous, and they were part of the it girl thing, where they just sort of wandered around and bought things and behaved in a sort of a, sort of a naff kind of way, and it was their mother who was a secretary at the big house, and then she married the bloke, and that's why they ended up being Lady Victoria Hervey and her sister as well, both equally dull and boring, I'm afraid, but we were talking about... Uh, this other girl who was an, an it girl, and she's now an antiques dealer on four rooms. And you think to yourself, but who are you? Who are you? And the answer is they're a bit like Alexa Chung. They're nobodies. Alexa Chung is in the paper and they go, oh, she's a presenter and a model. I thought, doesn't mean anything to me. I'd look at her. She's very plain. She just has an exotic sounding name. But that's why I suppose she makes it into the papers. Um, Nicole Scherzinger has done an interview with uh, Cosmopolitan about her bulimia. It's funny, actually, we haven't had a good bulimia story for a while, have we? You used to get bulimia stories ages ago because every celebrity was sort of going, oh, I've had bulimia, I've had, I think, you know, I'm sure it's absolutely dreadful, but once you've heard one bulimia story, they all sound roughly the same to me. They don't sound any different. It's like, you know, one, one case of acne is very much like another case of acne. And I'm not too sure. She said, I was, it left me so weak, I was found passed out on a hotel floor. And so they talk about her battle. Well, I mean, she looks great, Nicole Scherzinger. It's great, but I'm really not interested in her life. She doesn't, I'm really, I'm, you know, I'm sorry if it makes me an uncaring person. I'm sorry if you're, you're probably not, though. You're probably going, yeah, we don't care about her either. You like her, do you? You like her? Yeah, of course you do. But you like her because of the way she looks. You're not bothered about whether she was bulimic, are you? Why would that, no, not at the slightest. You're just worried about whether or not she can do handstands. That's what you're thinking about, isn't it? Yeah, see, that's kind of thing. Because that's what people think about. They look at them, they don't think, oh, she looks a nice girl to have a conversation with. You go, I bet she's wild in bed. That's what people say nowadays. It all comes down, I mean, I am, as it happens. I am an animal, an absolute animal in bed. Unfortunately, I'm the only one there at the time, so it's kind of a waste, but it doesn't matter. It keeps me happy, I suppose. Uh, don't get the goon show, either. Very similar to Monty Python. I never got the goon show. Isn't that funny? That's funny. Other people have said, I mean, I've had the goon shows, and I've listened to them, and I just don't get them. I never got any of it at all. Perhaps that, that's, that kind of humour escaped me. That kind of humour went over my head, so I didn't get the goon show. Uh, although, strangely enough, I was watching the other day on the television, Terry and June. Have you seen that? They're repeating it on one of the channels. I mean, it's, it's a bit dated, but it shows you what a little gentle sitcom was. And then you look at some of the language in it and some of the things that they're saying. You think, ooh, I don't know. Nobody ever thought about Terry and June saying stuff like that. It was... Um, in fact, I forget what it was. It was something to do with a Chinese story, and they started doing, you know, sort of little accents and stuff like that. It, it was a little bit, a little bit toe-curling. There is a, a story and a picture in the paper today. You're not going to like it. 
So if you don't like, if you're an animal lover, you're not going to like this story at all, I'm afraid. And I only bring it to you because they're hoping to find the person who did this uh, to a dog. And uh, the, exe- uh, the execution is how it's been described by the RSPCA. It's a male staffy. He'd been suspended by his lead tied to a railing 15 feet above a street outside a primary school. And uh, the grim discovery was made in the early hours of Saturday in Dudley in the West Midlands. Uh, the RSPCA have said it's the worst case of cruelty that they've seen in 33 years. Somebody appears to have deliberately gone out of their way to kill the dog. The dog, aged between one and two years old, would have suffered a slow and painful death. And the police are now very keen to uh, find out who this dog belonged to and uh, to bring them to justice and perhaps do the same to them. Perhaps do the same to them. Because anybody who can do this to an animal, I just can't... I can't quite get my head around it. I can't quite understand some of these things that people do. Why would you want to take a staffy who's only between one and two? I mean, what this, this person needs to do is come forward to the police because if they find you, they're going to hang you, OK? And they're going to meter out justice to you like you've got no idea. It's in the West Midlands and somebody will know who's, who's this dog is. People who say, wait a minute, there used to be a staffy next door to us and now there isn't a staffy next door to us, and the police will start investigating, and they're going to find the sick thug. I suspect it's just more than one person, because quite clearly, he obviously tied its lead to it and then just threw it over the wall. And the thing would have then struggled for ages, uh, and then just slowly strangled itself. They, they have to find this person. I've always said that the police are very good at this kind of thing. I mean, sometimes the RSPCA go a little bit over the top, but I think in the, in the case of this one, I think they've got it quite right. And they print the picture in the paper. They say, we're very sorry if it upsets you, but we want to help trap the sick thug who did it. And once they find them, they're going to splatter them over the front pages of the papers. I want to be there. I want to be there when, it's, when, it, when it happens, because these people should be stopped. They have to be sent to prison for a very long time. I just, you know, perhaps, perhaps they don't have any respect for, for any life at all, be it uh, dog or human. I'm, I'm reading more of these stories. I can't believe that somebody would seriously do this or whether it was an accident, but I have a feeling it's not an accident. It's really quite horrendous. And if you don't want to be offended this morning, then you'll not be buying the mirror. Uh, Looking through the columnist today, all talking about Glastonbury and how long it took to clear up the rubbish and uh, what a complete waste of television it was. I mean, how many presenters you needed to watch Lauren Laverne sit? What is her credential, Lauren Laverne? Does she have any credentials for sitting there droning on in that boring voice of hers about things and trying to make it look... She's so smug. She's so irritatingly smug. There are certain people, when they're on the television, they come over as smug. Lauren Laverne is one of them. The girl on the, uh, on the country programme as well, whose name is something Harrison, I think, she's very irritating. I mean, she really is the kind of person you think, God, blimey, take her out and drop her off the end of the pier. Make it so much easier. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at that and the, the burglar. 22 years ago, he robbed a pub, and then he's very kindly written back, and he sent £100. Sorry I burgled your pub. I can't remember what it was he actually took. I'm amazed, actually, the landlady was still there. It was a a cigarette machine, and uh, it was smashed up. He said, I was there, and I went in. Uh, The married mum of three, Frances, says, I remember the burglary, and uh, it's a woman. She said, it's obviously been eating away at her. It's sad. So she sent £100. She said, um, 
If some, if everybody else did something like this, the world would be a better place. We're not going to wait 22 years, love, for under a quid to come back in. So I tell you what, we're going to come round, set fire to your house. 30 years later, we'll send you a fiver and go, sorry about that, I poured petrol through your letterbox. That doesn't solve the problem at all. You've got to stop them before they even start. But having seen these lowlifes, and as Johnny, the cab driver, says, two lowlifes get in, go to a traveller site and run off without even paying the £67 fare. They're going to find you because you're caught on camera in the back of the car. So I uh, hope by, by tomorrow we'll have pictures of these people. And we can go round there and have them arrested. As somebody's living. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I do like the uh, in-car video recorders. They're very popular. Everybody's got them now. They're so cheap. You can get from as cheap as about ten quid. Ten pounds I've actually seen them for on, uh, on Amazon. You just type in... Uh, in-car camera or dashboard camera. They come from China, 99% of them, and they're dirt cheap. Plenty more to come on your early morning breakfast show with Steve Allen on LBC. Paul Lisa Aziz comes up with the morning news. Primary school children should be weighed every year to tackle obesity. What does that tackle obesity do? Is that just tell you they got fatter since the last time they came in? Mega-rich financier fighting Britain's first billion-pound divorce. He drives a Prius and he wears a Swatch watch. A billion-pound divorce would have been cheaper to pay for them on, a, on the hourly basis. Claire Balding's got another TV show. There's a no stopping this woman. There's a nothing she can't do. Michelle Keegan on the boring, we- uh, boring wedding of the decade. And how many men does it take to change a light bulb? You won't believe this one. It's an absolute army of people. Oh, and a helicopter as well. It's LBC. I'm Steve Allen. All of that and more is next. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Wednesday morning. It's a bit misty at the moment, so I'll find out what the weather's going to be for you in about five minutes' time. All the stories in the papers today. Rolf Harris might have cheated justice if those campaigning to muzzle the press had got their way. They're uh, talking a lot about that as 12 more people come out and go and seek advice from the lawyers. Sentencing is on Friday. We'll carry that on LBC. People are speculating on exactly what would be an appropriate sentence. And then you can sentence for the 12 he's been found guilty of. And then if there are more cases to answer, well, then that will go on top of that after they've taken him back out of prison again. Uh, Is plastic surgery ageing? Sarah Vine thinks so in the case of Dolly Parton. We love Dolly. And the other story, Colleen Rooney. Sarah Vine was writing about Colleen Rooney, lamenting that Colleen felt sick after discovering her luggage was ransacked after it went missing on her way to yet another sunshine break in Las Vegas. Well, what does she expect, says Sarah Vine? Only a fool travels commercial with Louis Vuitton cases. You might as well stick a big label on them saying, thieves, expensive designer loot here. Exactly. She's a silly little show-off. Of course, nobody deserves to have their stuff nicked. But, I mean, if you are a show-off like Colleen Rooney, and buys loads of, you know, designer clothes which look ridiculous on her because she's she's T-shirt and tracksuit, isn't she? That's what she is. She's chav. There's no point in trying to sort of tartar up as anything else. She can't do it. Looks ridiculous. There's a, on the subject of uh, Tracy Emin and the, the, and the bed, which sold for two and a half million pounds. Who in God's name has got two and a half million pounds to spend on an unmade bed? Would it not be better to go into Beds R Us or something and just throw some vodka bottles over it? I mean, how, how many more beds has she got lying around that she's sort of desecrated? Money-making schemes is how for you. Get one of your Hawaiian shirts, drape some discarded M&S um, stuff around it and sell it for £500,000. I'm sure that, uh, that people would, would buy any of my stuff. 
as my publisher was saying the other day. Did I mention my publisher? I have tried not to mention it that often. Um, Cliff Richard has changed his name on his passport. He's got tired of customs going, you're not Harry Webb. <laughs> yes, because he is Harry Webb, of course. That's the thing. Scylla Black's Priscilla White, but then she was Mrs Bobby Willis. So she's probably got Willis on her passport, I think. Is sleep- sleeping nude the secret to a happy marriage? God, no, I shouldn't think so. Not the case for a lot of people nowadays. But a new study has said that, you know, if, if you want to keep your relationship together, sleep with nothing on. Well, I think, see, I always think you should sleep with something on in case there's a fire. I think what you have to, you know, you have to sort of be prepared for firemen bursting into your bedroom. I know that sounds exciting to some of you listening at the moment, but you have to be careful. People sort of, quick, there's a fire, everybody out, and you go, wait a minute, I've got to put my clothes on. So I always sleep uh, fully clothed, fully clothed. Um, there's a radio that they brought out which, uh, which changes mood to suit how you're feeling. I'm assuming it can only be music. It can't be anything else. Can it? it doesn't work with um, it doesn't work with speech. Well, I wouldn't have thought so. British students have invented a camera and face recognition software that detects a listener's mood and picks a suitable song. It's not going to happen on this radio station, is it? Not going to be listening to me and all of a sudden getting you know the bitches back again. But uh, this is students at the Royal College of Art and Imperial College. Well, well done to them for coming up with with something a bit more interesting, I suppose. I like the radio that plays the sounds of waves crashing on the shore. It's it's to help you get to sleep. And you uh, and you sort of turn it on, and I think you can have that, or it can just have, and that apparently lulls you into a. F- I tend to find sleeping tablets work quite well. Two of those, I'm out for the count. Couldn't care less about waves or water crashing on the beach or anything like that. But and I would have thought if you play water, all you want to do is get up and go to the toilet. Why would you want to do anything else? Doesn't make it doesn't make sense, does it? Really, I'm afraid. Eight four eight five zero Steve at lbc.co.uk. Philip says, I think you could be wrong to say that Nicolas Sarkozy is the first former French head of state to be arrested. Didn't Louis XVI and Napoleon? Well, I don't think we're going to be going back that far, dear, are we? I really don't think so. (laughs) Otherwise it becomes a little bit ridiculous. Yes, as Napoleon only said, (laughs) I joined Slimming World, says Karen, in January. By April the 1st, I weighed two and a half stone lighter and I eat the most amazing foods, chip, rice dishes and curries, to mention a few. It's a brilliant eating plan that can be maintained for life. People never do, though. That's why diets don't work, Karen. It's very nice and it'll work in the, in the short term. Long term, it tends not to work, I'm afraid. Long term, it tends not to work. That's, that's, that's the proven fact. You know, it might work in your case, but you are one out of thousands and thousands of uh, people. Um... One here, so you may have just helped me. Two weeks ago, I was thrown out of my local supermarket as I was on CCTV the day before, apparently attempting to steal, even though I could prove I was at work in London. Uh, the supermarket have not responded to my letter of complaint. You don't, don't write to the supermarket. Oh, no, 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 no. You write to the boss of this particular supermarket. You write to head office, and you send it registered. I don't know why you'd ever bother writing to the local, the local supermarket. They're not going to do anything at all. shouldn't imagine the, uh, the person who runs it could even read. So what you have to do is you have to write to the head office of this particular company and you write to the managing director. You find out his name. OK, find out his name. Don't just write to dear sir. You know, you write to the man and he will write back. I promise you. In fact, I guarantee you, because that's what they do. They don't want bad customer service. And so you write, you find out where the head office is. You find out, you just go onto the internet, find out who the managing director is. You write a letter to him and you send it registered. And you explain your grievance and you write it very nicely. If you start swearing in it, they'll throw it in the bin, Okay, You do not get anywhere by being aggressive with people. And uh, you ask politely what they intend to do about it. And then you wait and see. They will then have to check and then they will write back to you. 
Always write to the organ grinder. Never write to the monkey. There's no point. The monkey can't write. So uh, that's how it works. OK. Uh, 84850. I had two cheap dash cams from two different companies. Both went wrong within a week, says Pete. Really? God, I've had, I've had three now and they all work perfectly. In fact, I found another one in the boot of the car the other day. I'd forgotten I had it. Which is good. Church of England, do they own shares in Wonga? Gives a new meaning to go forth and multiply, says David. I should imagine they've probably got shares in lots and lots of things. Kevin the Milkman says, OK then, Steve, how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb? One, but the light bulb's got to want to change. Thank you. He says, how many yuppies does it take to change a light bulb? Two, one to pull the pims and one to phone the electrician. OK, <coughs> exit stage left, I think. No, it takes, how many people do we say to change the light bulb? Is it 13 and a helicopter? 30, because it isn't just your standard light bulb. This is a light bulb in a light house. It's a light bulb in a light house. So that's why I don't, I still can't quite work out why it takes 13 people. I have to laugh a little bit at something like that. The helicopter I can understand, but I thought they just went up there because they're not huge bulbs, are they? Contrary to what you think in a lighthouse, they're not, they're not absolutely enormous. They just look like normal sized bulbs. It's the lens around it, which means that it magnifies the light. So that's what it is. I'm trying to find the story in the, uh, in the paper for today. I will come back to this, um, this dad dying in this game where people hit them. It's a punching sort of get. He's died. As a result, I'm always amazed that people would take any advice from any, anybody on the internet. Do you remember when there was another thing? You'd have to drink this, drink that, and then people would... And I think... And then people died. Neck... Well, not nominate, is it? Not nominate. Neck nominate. It's like a dung twister. And I never understood why anybody would do this. So if somebody says to you, go out and drink a puddle, you go out and drink a puddle. These people must be incredibly dumb. Incredibly dumb. More pictures of uh, Rolf Harris and the BBC whitewash uh, on him. The TV bosses are now under attack. I should imagine they're still reeling from Rolf, uh, uh, from uh, Jimmy Savile. Now they've got another one to contend with. Uh, Jane Moore's column, we will talk about a little bit later on, because we like uh, Jane Moore. And will it be Sears or Maria? It's the Wimbledon Wags showdown. I don't, I don't really care, actually. I'm not bothered about Wimbledon. I'm re- I couldn't be less interested if I tried. If I'd, if I'd swing ball in the studio, I couldn't be less interested. And then they look at, uh, you know, how many followers they've got. It's so funny because I, was, I, was, I saw a presenter the other day, a, a, a radio presenter. Well, I say radio presenter, hemorrhaging audience like there's no tomorrow at the moment. Um, and, and I remember sort of checking their, their Twitter account and they seem to have 50,000 followers. And then, then somebody pointed out to me, they've bought them. They bought followers on Twitter. So they weren't genuine because if they had that, their audience would be so much better on the radio. But as it is dying on its proverbial. And so somebody said, no, they bought those. You go to America and you spend... Three hundred dollars, and immediately you get fifty thousand extra people added. But it doesn't mean that they're there; they're just in the air. They don't actually exist. And uh, so I'd, I was—I was going to write to them, going, "Still lying, still lying," because it makes it look a bit silly, doesn't it? Really, somebody nobody's ever heard of, and they've got down fifty thousand people. So when they've got the people from Towie, have got one point six million. They actually haven't got one point six million. Most of it is sort of made up. Um, more on that poor dog and uh, the Duchess of Cambridge who unveiled a new hairdo straight out of Game of Thrones. It was all curly, and then it went straight later on. Listen, I mean, can we just not have pictures in the paper of every day? I mean, I can live without it. So she goes out to another event. Who cares? Who cares? Are there not better things to write about in the papers? Or is that the easy thing to write about? Probably is, actually. But the best story is a prisoner working in open prison. He's been caught keeping a pet rabbit. Nobody... I mean, they aren't sure if the hutch was actually in the cell... 
But uh, he, he, it's believed prisoners working outside the jail found the domesticated bunny and sneaked it back in again. Sneaked a domesticated bunny back. And I can't actually see if there's any problem with having a bunny in a cell. But it's, it's just a bit remiss where they go, oh, somebody's got a bunny in the cell and they've only just found out about it. Slightly worrying, isn't it, really? It's uh, quarter past five. Morning, every Nick Ferrari and the team at seven o'clock this morning as the European Court of Human Rights upholds the ban on the burqa. Nick will be asking, could we enforce the ban over here? Plus, should we enshrine in law how much foreign aid we give every year? And why is a dangerous internet craze now claimed the life of a young father? You can join Nick Ferrari and the team from seven o'clock this morning looking at the papers today. It's our friend Andrew Pierce, consultant, editor of the Daily Mail. He presents Saturday mornings on LBC. So he'll be in a jolly little mood today. He always is, actually. I've never known such a jolly little person. Might not always be jolly on the Saturday morning, but at least you, at least you understand what he's talking about. He does it in the language even I can understand. Uh, we're going gaga for Google. Why are we going gaga for Google? Because this is the 50 best-loved imports. I'd order to run through all of them for you, uh, because some of them are... You know, th- th- these are things that have come in. Uh, from uh, from Ikea Furniture to Nando's. I've never been to Nando's at all. I don't think I'd ever want to go to Nando's. I don't know why. I don't know, I don't know why it doesn't appeal to me. Is it a bit like a Kentucky Fried Chicken franchise kind of thing? Only it's... It's what? But... Right, double the price, is it? Oh, right, and it's just chicken, isn't it? It's just chicken. Oh, right, that's all it is. Uh, apparently, we also like chicken bolty. I don't know why. I, don't, I mean, I, I like any sort of bolty. Uh, we like Burger King, do we? I'm still trying to find out, and I've never actually managed it yet. We, I don't know why we've never managed this one. We've we managed to find out about McDonald's, and we've managed to find out about the eggs, which are sort of, you know, cooked and made there and everything else. But we can't find out, because they used to do the adverts for Burger King, where they were flame-grilled. And it made it look as though there were people slaving away over, you know, hot stoves in the back. Well, I've never seen a burger being cooked in Burger King in my life. And I was trying to find out from somebody, because they appear to put them all in the microwave. You order a burger, and you can watch them assembling it at the back, and then it goes in the microwave. And I'm thinking, do the burgers come in cooked, and then they're frozen? Or do they come in cooked, and they're not frozen? Because they wrap... Because I've never seen any... Co- I've never seen any flames in the back of a Burger King. I seriously haven't. And I've stood there looking, thinking, where are they cooking these things? All they've got is a bank of microwaves. So is all this stuff microwaved? So they put the burger in there, and wrap it in, and then they sort of slam it on for a minute or something. I don't know. I've certainly never seen any flames. So if you can help me out on that one, that would be a very good idea. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, of course it takes 13 people to change the lighthouse bulb, one to fly the helicopter, one to change the bulb, and 11 health and safety officials to stand round in high-vis vests holding clipboards. It's so true. I see that more and more on the streets of London. You see people standing around with clipboards. I think I might get one myself. I'd just stand there outside a bus shelter going... And taking a picture of it with my camera or something. Just, you know, people go, oh, he's obviously very important. Because you can buy high-vis jackets all over the place. You know, that would be... And I'm sure if you walk... Somebody would believe you. You could probably do a hidden camera on the street thing. Excuse me, we're just doing a survey on this bus stop. Have you been here before to this bus stop? Is it OK? Do you like it? Would you like it taller or shorter? Can you read everything that's on it? Should it be better lit at night? And your name it, we're entering you for a free free prize draw. There's a free, a free bus for you. Well, a journey on a boat, not actually giving you the whole bus. OK, and you're from overseas, are you? Whereabouts? Canada? Lovely. They're doing a programme on Canada on the television. I can't wait to see it. I quite like Canada. It always looks a bit windswept. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for it. We apparently like KFC. I don't think everybody likes KFC. Uh, we like McDonald's. We like Friends. We like chilli con carne. I like chilli con carne. 
I quite like chilli con carne. I can't make it, but I can I can eat it. We like fajitas. I like fajitas. They're very nice. Uh, we like Disney. It's a bit safe and boring, but we like Disney. Spaghetti bolognese. Well, you would never have that in a restaurant. You must never, ever, promise me, you'll never go out to a restaurant and order spaghetti bolognese. It's because, guaranteed, you will drop it down you at some point, even though you've got the spoon and the fork and you turn it, and you turn it into your mouth, and then, magically, it finds its way onto the front of your shirt. And then you say, oh, blow me. Oh, I made a mess. I did it the other day. I was eating a peach, and it was a particularly squidgy peach. And I'm eating it, and I'm eating it at the bus stop. And you try and eat it away from yourself. You don't actually sort of put it in your mouth. You sort of away in case it drips. Well, this thing dripped, but it dripped into me. So it wasn't when the bu- until the bus arrived that I looked down, and I've got half a ton of peach down the front of my jacket. And Oh, goodness. I'm such a messy person. It's like, never order spare ribs in a restaurant. You cannot eat spare ribs politely in a restaurant. It's like, huh? It's like eating corn on the cob, isn't it? You can't eat corn on the cob in a restaurant. It's the kind of thing you have to eat privately, probably in the bedroom or in the bathroom, so at least you'd then be sick straight into the toilet. But I, I just don't understand why anybody would ever order spaghetti bolognese. I do like it, but I would never eat it out anywhere. I have done it sometimes, and I've cut the spaghetti up with a pair of kitchen scissors, so it's just all little pieces. Because, you know, this isn't a scene from a movie, I'm afraid. Uh, we like TGI Fridays, do we? Do you like TGI Fridays? I like the one in America. I went to one in Vegas. That was quite good. Uh, I haven't been to one over here. Oh, it's a lie. I have been to one in here. I went to one in Kingston, where somebody comes over to your table covered in badges. Hello? Hello? They said, have you been to TGI's before? Yeah, we're not American, OK? We're British. So can we not do the false bonhomie? Hello? My name's Karen. Good to be your server today. And you go, lovely. You think, oh, God, honestly, don't you hate just people who bounce around like that? Drives you mad. <laughs> Drives you mad. And then they go, right, like a milkshake. Would you like crumble in it or whatever they've got? And they say, by the time you finish, your milkshakes cost about £7. <laughs> Kevin says, I'm not a big fan of Mexican food, but I do like my local Nando's at the Water Gardens in Harlow. Uh, perhaps I should go to one. But the producer just says it's overpriced chicken. He said it's just twice the price of Kentucky Fried Chicken. We like Kentucky Fried Chicken, but it's just dripping in fat. That's so you take it out of the box and it's... So, and we could wring the box out. It's just awful. Just awful. Uh, I see Anne Whittacombe. She's a looker. And she's in the paper today. Talk about Dolly Parton, 68, who wowed glass... You wouldn't have thought Anne Whittacombe would have the faintest idea who Dolly Parton is. And they say she extols the merits of plastic surgery. What she doesn't realise is that even if she looked like Medusa, the Wicked Witch, and Bessie Bunter rolled into one... That voice would still bring the men from all corners of the earth. Unlike yours, Anne, which kind of sends men to all four corners of the earth. I love the idea. She looked like Medusa the Wicked Witch and Bessie Bunter rolled into one. No, she didn't. Didn't look like Bessie Bunter at all. Did you see her at Glastonbury, Anne? Or did you just go by what, what people were saying? Because you should have seen her. I mean, she was very good. Whether she was singing live or not is another matter, which we've mulled over time and time and time again. And uh, to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really care. It was still a good show. Everybody pointed out to me it was such a good show. Uh, David in Holloway, he says, I worked at a Burger King when I was 17. The frozen burgers get fed into a big flame grilling machine behind the microwaves. They grill in about a minute and a half. Then they sit in the buns in steam tables until somebody orders one. Then they put the toppings on a microwave to finish them off. Oh, right. I've never seen the... I'm going to have to find out whether this flame grilling machine actually exists anymore. Um, somebody's saying, again, this, every day they send this thing in, talking about uh, Walking on Sunshine. It's got the worst reviews you could ever have for a movie. Uh, apparently, don't waste your time, is what the uh, the critics are saying. Don't waste your time. Uh, I can't find the picture 
Somebody, oh, sorry, of the of the bunny in the cell. Somebody said, would a, would a bunny in the cell not smell a bit? I don't know, do rabbits smell? I can't remember. We used to, we used to have, I don't think we had a, a rabbit. My brother had rabbits, too. They were blind. So he couldn't organise the furniture anyway. He couldn't rearrange the furniture because the rabbits knew their way around the sitting room without having to bang into everything. Little picture of uh, Brucey Forsyth and uh, Tony Beak. That's Anton Dubeck, incidentally. That's a man. I wonder what it said on his passport. I think it says Tony Beak or Anton Dubeck. And he was gutted about the departure because he thought that, uh, he says, I was thrilled to say we'd become close friends. Well, he's, he's 84, dear. He'll talk to anybody at that age. They don't really care. But uh, creepy old Tony Beak uh, didn't get the show. Uh, thank goodness for that. I don't think we want that kind of... Uh, that kind of schmaltz. He's like a little oil slick, isn't he, Tony Beak? He's just a little bit irritating. He sort of has that Jedward factor. The Jedward factor is, my God, you're very irritating. Uh, weather for today. Go on, let me tell you and just see if I can give you... Oh, look, the sun's coming up onto the building over. The white stucco building. A bit of sun creeps onto it, and that, to me, is an indicator that today is going to be full of dry, hazy sunshine. It's one of those lazy, hazy, crazy days of summer. A high of 24 degrees today. Double it, add 30, gives you roughly it. Don't listen to the pedants who go, oh, it's not exact. No, of course it's not exact. Nobody really cares. I defy anybody to tell the difference between 23 and 24 degrees centigrade. Dry with long, bright or sunny periods, generally feeling warm in the light winds. However, onshore breezes will keep coasts a little cooler than inland. Oh, I love that. I saw a nice house for sale the other day in country life. And it was like stepping back into time. It looked like a scene from The Darling Buds of May. And this house came with its own five-acre lake. And I love it. I was reading somebody extolling the virtues of swimming in in your own lake. Now, you know that Gary goes off and does this where they swim through lake. I couldn't do it because I'd be so worried in case there was a crocodile underneath. I know there isn't, but I would be worried in case there was and it would drag me under. So if anything touched my legs, I was swimming. I'm afraid I'd be out of there as fast as possible. But people say it's very beneficial swimming in your own lake. I mean, I don't even do swimming pools because I think people go there because they're dirty. I think people go there to literally have a wash and a, and a brush up. So I don't do swimming pools either. Tomorrow, remaining dry, bright and warm. Southern areas seeing the best of the sunshine. As usual, we are blessed by the Lord God. Dry and bright, but turning cloudy and breezy overnight. Rain will arrive Saturday morning. Uh, just what you don't need, isn't it? Rain clearing by Saturday night. Uh, sunny spells and a risk of heavy showers on Sunday. Oh, goody. I'm going down. I've been invited. Do you remember I told you that I'd read a piece in Country Life about uh, this man uh, who's one of the McAlpines and he's got his own private railway on his land. He's got a mile of fully operating railway and they've built... He, he collects things and he's got his own station. It's all built, you know, it's all faithful re recreations with original parts and everything else. And a friend of mine, when I mentioned it to him, said, oh, I know this man, I see him at London Zoo because he's on, he's on the committee for London Zoo. And I said, oh... He phoned me yesterday, he said, we've been invited down to go down. He said, you might not get to go on the railway, but you can go down because he's got, like, a huge zoo there. I went, really? Getting better and better, this life. So I'm uh, looking forward to, uh, to that. Burger King have a machine called a broiler, says Steve. It's a machine with a conveyor belt like a pizza oven and flame grills the burger. Some busy units like airport and railway station cooked off-site... That's what I thought. And reheated in a microwave at the unit. Sometimes microwaves are also used to top up the temperature before serving as they cook loads before at peak times. He says, and Nando's is lovely. Nothing like KFC, a completely different concept. Yes, it, well, it's more expensive, but it's still chicken. It's still chicken. It's just a piece of chicken. One has a coating on it, and Nando's, presumably, they put, they put barbecue sauce on and stuff like that. 
Peri-peri sauce. That's everywhere, isn't it? Peri-peri sauce. Is that a hot sauce? Right. Portuguese. Of course, I knew the producer would know. He obviously knows all the fast food outlets. He'd probably tell you chapter and verse on each and every one of them. Probably tell you how much the franchises cost as well. But we have a Nando's in, in Richmond. I've never been to it. Mainly because it's just, it's just you know, um, a chicken I can go buy anywhere. Ch- chicken is the cheapest thing you can ever have. They produce millions of chickens every year, and it's cheap food. I couldn't care less how they cook it. It's just, it's a piece of chicken. It's a piece of chicken. But I did love listening to a, a comedian the other day talking about the amount of supermarkets that now have cooked chicken. In there. They've got the rotisserie. And there's something about, isn't it, you cannot resist it. You buy that, I'll have that, that chicken there. Oh, and your mouth is watering. So it's all dripping with fat. And they put it in one of those bags that's got metal foil inside it. And you know you're only going to get as far as the car before you open the top of the bag and the smell of that cooked chicken is going to come out. And you're going to have to put your fingers in, aren't you? You're going to have to rip up. And it comes away and you, think, and you put it in your, And you think, this is bliss. This is heaven. I'm quite happy. I could eat that. I can bet. I mean, I'm the same with a pork pie. If I buy pork pies or Melton Mowbray pies, oh, I've got very late. I um, I can't resist eating them in the car. I'm terrible. LBC News Time five. Th- Morning, everybody. Jennifer wrote to me and says, "Please may you stop assuming that all managers are male." Of course they are, dear. Don't be so silly. Otherwise, they'd be manageresses, wouldn't they? All managers are male. That's why it's called manager man. The clue is in man, and uh, manageresses a thing. And I was only talking about managers, which are all male. Dear Lord, nothing worse than a vegan. Nothing worse. Oh, the flat cat brigade. They're all out there somewhere, aren't they? 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Philip has very kindly sent me a thing on Alexa Chung. I'm none the wiser, but uh, I enjoy reading about her. And apparently she's five foot eight, and she's uh, an English television presenter. On what? I still don't know who she is. And then it's got her early life. Do we really want to know? She was born in Privet in Hampshire the daughter of Jill and Phil Chung, and uh, she went to secondary school, got scouted by a modelling agency. Personal life, let's find out about her personal life. She lived with somebody, 20 years her junior for three and a half years. She was in uh, a relationship with Alex Turner from the Arctic Monkeys, and uh, tabloids have linked her to Josh Hartnett and Adam Brody. Oh, how boring. Very dull. I'm still none the wiser on her, I'm afraid, but at least, you've, at least we've sort of put her in context. I found a picture of the lighthouse. It's on Bardsey Island, and um, its old bulb is in a museum now. The National Trust Operation Manager, Andy Godber, said, changing a light bulb may sound easier, but it's not when it weighs two tonnes. It's the first time that the light has, uh, has been changed in a 100 years. So I'm led to believe they are much smaller now. They're practically the kind of things you buy in B&Q. But uh, in the early days, they were absolutely enormous. Carl says Nando's is South African. I couldn't care less. <laughs> I'm not really remotely interested, actually, where it comes from. It's just chicken, OK? It's chicken. It's like, you know, if you go to... I get confused by going to um, uh, other places where they do kebabs, because they do so many different sorts of kebabs. I don't know if I want the shami kebab, the shish kebab. I don't know if I want the, uh, the meat pressed onto the... Th- I don't know which kebab I want. I've got no idea. You have to be fairly, fairly drunk to enjoy them, don't you? Apparently, if you go to Nando's... You can see the chicken being flame-grilled. Lovely. Really, really thrilled. <laughs> uh, 84850. Somebody says, you made me laugh so much when you said you were eating a pasty on the train wearing a white shirt. I know, I did that. I've, I've done that a couple of times. I don't know why. I've had to stop eating pasties. A, because I've decided they're very bad for me. Secondly, because I have to wean myself off certain things. I, I go through a phase of, of going for certain food. And being a diabetic, I have to weigh it up in my mind. Is it good for me? 
bad for me or really bad for me. And most of it is really bad. So I go through this phase and I'll think to myself, I really, really want to eat a crusty roll. Well, the only place that appears to do crusty rolls is Greg's, where you get like 10 for a pound or something. And they are crusty and you can't resist it. You know, so you get home and you cut it and there's, there's crusty bread all over the place. It's the messiest thing to ever eat. And then you put some butter in there and then you can't be bothered to start putting sort of ham and stuff. So you put a piece of cheese in there and then you throw some pickle on the top. and It's delicious. But you eat three and then you go, I mustn't eat any more of these. This is really bad for me. And it's at that moment I suddenly realise that I've completely fallen prey to, to my weaknesses and my weaknesses going past. And sometimes I look at cakes in shops, I think I'd love that, but I'm quite good now. I can resist cake. I can resist cake, which is, uh, which is always good. Another, another photo shoot, this time for the cast of Downton Abbey, because we love them all. We love Phyllis Logan, who plays the Scottish housekeeper. I do love Downton Abbey. I've not seen it for a while. Uh, we like Michelle Dockery. She turned up the other day, didn't she, at uh, Wimbledon. Uh, but there's loads of other people. I like Leslie Nicole, who plays the frumpy cook, Mrs Patmore. I like all these sort of people. All these people that you don't really know their names until you see a photo shoot and you go, ah, that's who it is now. She's quite glam, quite glam. Uh, Joanne Froggart, Lily James, who plays Lady Rose McClare. I just love it, actually. Elizabeth McGovern plays the Countess of Grantham, historical nod at the tendency of aristocratic British families to look across the Atlantic for an injection of new world wealth. And she has got a bit of wealth. I love it. Downton Abbey can't get enough of it. And so the ladies have come together for a, for a photo shoot. Prince Charles had a little do at Buckingham Palace the other day for people who've, who've supported him. Uh, where they've got their money from, you have to sort of ask questions. Uh, but uh, very good, actually. Very good. Uh, McAlpine owns this too, Steve. And this is um, Buddy in, in Kent, said I used to be a driver there. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. RHDR.org. Buddy. It's a great... You weren't really christened Buddy, were you? Is that, is that a name nowadays? Oh, actually, when I think about it, yeah, didn't... Um, isn't Jamie Oliver got Buddy Bear? Isn't that one of his kids? Buddy Bear? I'm pretty certain. Uh, how many surrealists, Steve, does it take to change a light bulb? A fish. OK, do you want to, you, you know, mull that one over for a little bit? <laughs> Hassan says, I had um, tomato juice all over my trousers. You see, never eat it. I had it when I was on a plane once, and I'm, I swear to God, the stewardess tipped it over me deliberately. Deliberately, so she could go back and go, girl, one point to me. <laughs> uh, eight for eight, five, oh. And uh, Iceman says, I'm over the moon. My partner, Jean, has just won a national bingo competition for a VIP med cruise all paid for. Oh, really? It's nice, isn't it? It's free. I like anything that's free. If somebody says to me something's free, I'm, I'm, I'm there myself. Peter says, I'd never eat rotisserie chicken from a supermarket. It's bound to be from a factory farm. And you don't know if it's been kept behind the scenes and how well the equipment is cleaned. Well, I think in, in the big supermarkets, I would be happy with the equipment. I've seen it cleaned out. Some of the other places, I wouldn't be so happy. And uh, I'm assuming it would come from a factory farm because that's where you get cheap chicken from. But uh, that, you, you, that your heart and your, your sense of smell overrules all of that, doesn't it? We recently saw appalling conditions that rabbits in Spain are kept. All legal, though, it seems. Yes. And a lot of chicken, you know, in the cheap chicken shops, Thailand. I've seen boxes thrown away outside shops. Thailand. They'll actually send it from Thailand because it's so cheap over there. Well, I, I mean, most, most of the ducks in the Chinese shops come from Aylesbury. There's big farms down in Aylesbury. They've got all the, the ducks down there. And much as I adore duck, I, I prefer them better when they've got a bit of hoisin sauce around them. Doesn't make me the most popular person in the world, but, uh, but I do like them. Uh, more on the burqa. Nick Ferrari's going to be talking about the burqa and the band there and asking the question this morning uh, whether or not 
it could actually happen here? And the answer is, of course it could. If they can do it in France, of course we can do it here. And uh, there's no reason why we shouldn't do it here. And, uh, and a woman gave birth out, outside of Primark the other day. They sort of held up a sheet so she could give birth. And uh, cheered on by a crowd of shoppers. That must be a first outside Primark, mustn't it? It must be a very cheap baby, I would think. And so then they've actually taken it off to, uh, to hospital. But everybody clapped and cheered it. Yet yeah, people stood around while she was giving birth. I mean, that's, that's sort of calling it, you know, calling it a, a little bit uh, too close to time. Duchess of Cambridge and John Bishop, he's become a real, a real sort of uh, champagne socialist, isn't he? Because I'm just a working class boy. All that kind of stuff as he mints the millions. Uh, what makes Kate Middleton laugh? No idea. Union J say their new album will shock people. What, you on it or not? Not just because we all thought they'd been dropped by the label, because they're going for a harder sound. Uh, yes, no, I didn't think they'd been dropped. This is another thing that Nelly Sean gets wrong. He really doesn't know anything at all. And they say Vernon Kay is set to sign a big deal with ITV. It'll make him the king of daytime television. He says, uh, I will still be doing some stuff at night. Oh, dear, worse. You don't want to be known as the king of daytime television. That's the, be- that's the hiding to nothing. That's the hiding to nothing. Of course, poor old Vernon Kay never had a programme that's rated. Never have a programme that's rated. They all die because they're all just particularly bad. Because unfortunately for him, he's not adaptable enough. He can only be Vernon Kay, and that's the, that's the bad thing on the programme. And also, he's too tall to be on television. And he is just a former model. There's nothing, there's nothing really going on there. There's nothing particularly funny or witty. But he does do good text, I'm told. He does do good text. Other story in the paper today. We must uh, admire David Cameron, say the Metro, for standing strong for this country. Oh, I don't know. Has he actually done anything for this country? We've still got benefit fraudsters. We've still got uh, asylum seekers who commit the most heinous of crimes and we still don't do anything about them. We still have these ridiculous lawyers that get out there and go, oh, we can't send this murdering paedophile back because that infringes his human rights. So we have to uh, we have to put up with them. Alastair Griffin, have we heard about? Oh, of course we've heard of Alastair Griffin, and uh, he's in the sixty second Metro interview today, where they sort of ask them all sorts of questions. His new single should appeal to cyclists. I'll let you read into that as much as you can. Eight four eight five zero Steve at LBC dot co dot uk. And uh, Jane says I I don't like Nando's. You see, you see, it doesn't. I mean, it's not a case I don't like it. I'm just not bothered. There's so many fast food places here that uh, that you can afford not to, not to go to. So if you don't fancy it, don't go there. I mean, there's certain places I wouldn't want to go to and certain places I do. Uh, Richard wants to know if I've been to Chatham Dockyard yet. No, no. I've, it's, it's, I'm, I've got a couple of things. I've got Bletchley Park on my on my sights and uh, also going out to Mr McAlpine's place. That's the one that appeals to me the most because he's got his own railway and I think that's nice. Burger King Steve, says Jim in Sarasota, uses a vertical gas cooker. Frozen burgers dropped into the top, slowly carry to the bottom and slide out. Takes about a minute. Wow. So, I mean, are they actually, when they say flame grilled, is that is that mark on them? Is that put on automatically on the burger or is that actually from the machine? Does the machine put the mark on there to make it look as though they're flame grilled? I'm just curious about why they go in a microwave. But there again, I think you'll find that do, do McDonald's go in the microwave as well? Do they have, I've, I'll have to go and look at the one at, uh, at Waterloo Station. But you don't like to just stand there and stare, but I have seen them assembling them. They're, they're very fast. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, another one here from, uh, from Sonia. <coughs> Says, uh, do you know, to help you eat your food without messing up the front, you can buy a plastic bib in the chemist. I can't sit on a train with a plastic bib. It's not the kind of thing you can do at all, is it? You have to just, you just have to try and not be messy. 
Oh, here they are again, the uh, attention-seeking Beckhams, as uh, Victoria tries to make herself uh, move up a few classes, but it hasn't quite worked, as we quite clearly appreciate yesterday when they were coming out of Greg's with old Davy Boy, who does very butch photo, but in real life is, is, uh, is quite the feminine touch. And uh, they were coming out of Greg's with pasties. And I'm of the firm belief that she cannot cook for toffee. I shouldn't imagine she can cook anything in the kitchen. She certainly doesn't eat anything, which must be slightly worrying. And uh, Davy Boy Beckham just ends up modelling pants. And we just go, really good, Dave. Really good. LBC News time. It's quarter to six. Steve Allen on LBC. If you're going to San Francisco, and you might be going today, the one place that people head for is Pier 39. You go to Pier 39, uh, it's got a Christmas shop, they have a, a radio station there as well, and they've got a what? An Irish shop, and when we were there, uh, you can look out to Alcatraz, which is, uh, which is out further in the bay, and we saw a lot of lobsters sitting on top of a dustbin lid, and then as we stood there watching, a person came out and tipped the dustbin lid in, and they were being cooked in this huge vat. I felt a bit sorry for them, really. But the one thing that it's famous for is sea lions. On all the floating pontoons, sea lions, hundreds of the blasted things, enormous they are, vanished. Gone completely. Not one sea lion has left. Now, they did disappear before in 2009. And they think it could be to do with uh, the fact that the supply of food that they enjoy, which is herring, sardine and anchovies, are running dangerously low. So literally overnight... All the sea lions have gone. There is not one sea lion on the pontoon. So visitors stand there now taking pictures of empty pontoons because the sea lions have gone elsewhere. Uh, I think this year the vets have treated something like 400 hungry pups. When they disappeared last time, it was because the mating season was over. But this time they say it's very different. If there isn't enough food, they've got to go to where the food is. And they usually pile onto pontoons at the docks. There's no sign that they're coming back any time now. And a marine mammal biologist, Monica De Angelis, reckons that the disappearance will be a temporary one. Sean Johnson, director of veterinary, is not so sure. He thinks that because there's no food out there now, they've got no reason to come back, so they're not there. They can't all have been eaten, put it that way. So I don't know what their predators would be, because they're fairly big, these things. And we stood there and we took pictures, as indeed does, uh, does everybody else. But now, not there anymore. So if you were thinking of going to San Francisco, or you are flying today... You're not going to be seeing any sea lions, which is, you know, you might as well go to London Zoo. Go and have a look at the penguins. They'll always perform for people. I like penguins. They sort of just make me laugh. Good Lord, you can still get tickets for the right stuff. I mean, I wouldn't mind, but they have an audience of about 12 people on that programme. They have to advertise for an audience. It must be so desperately bad down there now. <laughs> 84850, steve at uk. Should you be going in McDonald's, Burger King? Naughty, says somebody. Why not promote healthier eating habits? I didn't say I was going in McDonald's and Burger King. When have I said that? Ridiculous, honestly. The lies you tell really is absolutely disgraceful. Um, somebody says here, because we try and weave everything in on the... Pro- I don't like to miss a, sort of anything out. When we were talking about uh, the lake swimming and uh, Gary, who does it, he says, if you think lakes are bad, I'm doing a half Ironman. If you saw him, you wouldn't think he was actually capable of this. It's quite deceptive. Which is a 1.9-kilometre swim, a 60-mile bike ride and a half-marathon to finish on Sunday in the New Forest. Bewley, it appears, to be rather a tough swim section starting around 06.15. Apparently, the river, not only will it be tidal, but there are loads of jellyfish. Oh, my God, I see nothing on earth 
would get me to do anything. Like, I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't, I mean, I'm too frightened even thinking about things like that. So the very idea that you could actually do, I mean, a half Iron Man, I suppose a full Iron Man must be even worse. I mean, the, the very idea of swimming against jellyfish, not so good, because I, I have swum around jellyfish before. We used to find them on the beach in Hong Kong, we'd all sort of look at them. And then you see them nowadays, you think, you could get really badly stung by a jellyfish. You wouldn't have thought they, they would have been around Bewley, but it is tidal there, isn't it? That's, I, I love it down there, it's very nice. But uh, rather you than me. If, you, if you're doing it at 6.15 in the morning, you're going to have to get up about 3 o'clock, aren't you? To go and uh, do stuff like that. Uh, 84850, Steve at LBC. John says, how many pet shop boys does it take to change a light bulb? One to change the bulb and one to stand looking bored in the background. It's an old gag. Because it just plays the organ, doesn't it, really, I suppose. <laughs> 84850. What's your view of the numerous fried chicken and kebab shops in London? Not good? No, I've always talked about the proliferation of fast food in London. But where you've got alcohol, you've got fast food. Because what do people want to do when they've had a skin full of alcohol? They want to eat fast food and they want that trans fats that come with the chips and the kebabs. They've just opened a fish and chip shop outside our front door. Well, not outside our front door, but just over the way. There was one there ages ago and then it closed and, uh, and now it's sort of come back in a much smaller form. And so I'm assuming that will be the latest thing. So we'll have the smell of chips wafting in and out of the building. Because they do smell. They always say if somebody works in a fish and chip shop, they never, ever get rid of the smell. You take it home because it permeates the skin. Much as though we all love it, I suppose. A typical British thing, isn't it? Fish and chips at any time. Uh, apparently the burger-making burgers are pre-marked with black lines from the processor. When dropped in the vertical gas cooker, they're exposed to flames on both sides at once. Lovely, Jim. Thank you. I'm always intrigued by, you know, how they make these things. And I've watched all the... Have you seen the Undercover Boss programmes? They're very clever, where they go out there, and these people have got different outlets, be they Chinese or anything else, and they teach people, or they have to be taught. They are the boss, but they quite clearly don't know very much. They have to be taught how to operate in their own company, but they're, because they're undercover, and they meet various people, and some people love their jobs, and some people go over and above for sorting things out. And I, I find it fascinating, but I thought, sometimes you have somebody standing in front of you wearing what is quite clearly uh, a, a very bad wig. And you look at them and think, no. And, then they, and they, nobody seems to recognise them at all. <laughs> Karen says, have you heard the staff at TGI singing happy birthday to a poor, unsuspecting customer? It's awful. Well, yeah, but people like that, don't they? People enjoy that sort of thing. You go out there and it's cheaper than having a party at home. You go there and you go, listen, we brought a birthday cake in. OK, we brought it somewhere else. Or we're having an ice cream float and it comes with a sparkler in it. And then the staff stand around and go... One, two, three. Happy birthday to you, birthday to you, birthday, birthday to you. And then they all wander back to the other tables that they're doing. But the person who's birthday... I mean, I find it cringe-making too. But that's, that's what some people like nowadays, because we think we're, we're, we're part American, don't we? That's why they do it. The Americans are good at doing service. We're not very good at doing service industry over here. I don't know why that is. I've got no idea why. Uh, apparently the Christmas shop opens in Harrods very shortly, says John. That'll be nice. It'll be nice. Obviously, I, it doesn't bother me Christmas shop. The earlier they open, the happier I'm going to be, whether it's in Harrods or whether it's in Selfridges. Actually, talking of, of things, events happening in London, I get um, all sorts of, uh, of press releases that sort of fall onto the desk and things like that. And there's a, the, on the 6th of July, which actually I've suddenly worked out, must be next week, isn't it? Next week. I can't remember exactly when next week. But Bar Italia in Soho celebrate their 65th anniversary in the same family. I mean, that must be an all-time record, I think, in, in this day and age. And so they're having all sorts of things. It was the original Italian espresso bar 
in the UK. And it was Lou and Katerina Poledri. I'm very good at my pronunciation. It gets better. And they came from northern Italy in the 20s. And then they set up a cafe off Longacre in Covent Garden, which served the workers when the fruit and veg market was there. And then they opened a coffee bar in Soho, and they opened Bar Italia in 1949. Isn't that interesting? Because that, that was the first time we'd probably got coffee in this country. And at the bar, all the waiters, who had time on their hands between shifts, would meet up. And uh, they talk to all sorts of people. So they're going to be having, you know, all sorts of uh, stalls set up. So it's a celebration in Frith Street. And the money is going to be raised uh, down there going to Great Ormond Street Hospital. It's nice, isn't it? It's a nice thing to do. It's very much, I mean, I'd, sometimes I'd quite like to live in Soho. In fact, I asked a friend of mine the other day. We went through Soho. I said, would you like to live here? He went, oh, God, yes. Oh, goodness, yes. He said it's like a vibrant community. And it's unusual in Soho, to actually have businesses that survive, because with the advent of uh, the porn industry, most of the shops were taken over. I think so many were owned by Paul Raymond's organisation, and there were bookshops and all kind of stuff like that. So to actually have an establishment that survived through all of that was very difficult. But with the advent of the internet, the shops were closing down left, right and centre, because there just wasn't the call for it. So we wish uh, Bar Italia a good day. And uh, I'm sure a good time will be had by all. Much coffee drinking, I suspect. And uh, Anthony, thank you. So there we go. That was your grandparents, wasn't it, who started it? Because he's a, he's a poledry as well. So, Anthony, thank you very much indeed. Uh, more in the papers today. I can't, I can't... Every time I go past this story about the dog being hanged in chains, I, I'm thinking dreadful thoughts about the person who perpetrated the crime. I, can, I mean, I can't think of something worse than doing this to a dog. And I'm afraid if you've got children, you don't really want to read this story, and it's in a lot of the papers for today. MPs, because MPs have a very nice, charmed life, they've quietly frozen cheap booze prizes in their bars for another year. At the same time, they've taken a hefty pay rise. So, in other words, in the House of Commons bars, uh, a pint of bitter, £2.90, spirits... 275 out in uh, the Westminster Arms, which is the nearest pub to Parliament Square. It's just literally sort of over the road, three pound, uh, a bottle of cider, three sixty, in the House of Commons in their bar, four seventy five, in the Westminster Arms. It's, but they've always had that, haven't they? They've always had cheap booze. It's like going to a lot of places. If you join, I think the British Legion, they have cheap booze, don't they? In their bars, that's why people go there because it's a it's a social outlet, and also you can get you can get cheap booze, and that's what people want in this day and age. Most of the clubs in London offer cheap booze at some time during the evening they'll have what they laughingly call happy hours as far as i'm concerned every hour is a happy hour daddy bod come on your early morning breakfast show on lbc with steve allen primary school children should be weighed every year to tackle obesity i suppose they just go johnny stand on the scales yep you're still fat mega rich financier fighting britain's first billion pound divorce billion pound can you imagine honestly sometimes wish i'd been born a woman just think of the advantage you could have a billion pound divorce i want a billion <gasps> lovely katie price has revealed her love rat husband the little kieran rejected two hundred thousand from her on celeb big brother because he's trying to rebuild their relationship she's falling for it she's falling for it claire balding's got another tv show there's no stopping this is there nothing she can't do on television it's lbc i'm steve allen all of that and more is next This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC.
Morning, everybody. Five past six, Australia turns its back now on Rolf Harris. Twelve more people have come forward. Sentencing on the first twelve is this coming Friday. The picture and the story in the papers that horrifies animal lovers of a dog who's been strangled by his owner just left hanging outside a primary school. Michelle Keegan droning on again about that boring wedding. The sooner it's over and done with, the better. Katie Price revealing that apparently her dreary husband, that's the one who cheated, remember, for seven months, has been offered 200000 to appear on Celebrity Big Brother, but turned it down because he wants to rebuild their relationship. Because he doesn't actually appear to have a job. I think he's a fool in the first instant. And uh, primary school children should be weighed every year to tackle obesity. We should do it on radio presenters as well. It's LBC. I'm here till 6.30. I love the story about Ken Livingston. He says uh, he signalled that he would want to be in an Ed Miliband Labour government and would accept a seat in the Lords and a Cabinet post. I know, still desperately clinging on to that, uh, to that maybe not happening. I don't think so. I wasn't aware they actually wanted you in the Miliband cabinet and a seat in the Lords as well. I mean, good Lord, honestly. Can you believe it, ladies and gentlemen? Answer, no, you can't. Uh, so, all your texts and emails between now and 6.30 this morning. The burqa will be discussed by Nick Ferrari this morning as they've banned it. The judges have now banned and backed the Burqa ban so we can all live in harmony. It's right that you should see somebody's face. It's absolutely ludicrous to think that you couldn't. Absolutely ludicrous in this day and age. And we've had burglaries and everything else and men disguising themselves in burqas. Just ridiculous. It, it doesn't do ladies and women any favours whatsoever. It means that they're oppressed. You know, if you want to go and live in a country where they have that, fine. But in France, they're not having it. And uh, will they bring it in here? Nick will be asking that question. And the young father... Nick will be talking about this. I'd never heard of this one. This is apparently playing a violent drinking game called Punch for Punch. I, luckily, am not into these kind of games on the internet. Tommy Main suffered a cardiac arrest during a party. It's believed he'd been hit in the chest by a friend. In Punch for Punch, players take turns striking each other until one gives up, often drinking alcohol as a forfeit. Footage of the fight is then posted online. It seems the most stupid, pathetic thing to have ever done, doesn't it, really? The 23-year-old's brother, Ron, wrote on Facebook, for the people at the party who call yourself friends, you should have stopped it, not try and film it. Mr Main comes from Erith in Kent. He had a four-year-old daughter called Amy. A relative said the father planned to go on YouTube to learn how to plait her hair. A 20-year-old man was arrested on suspicion of murder. He's been bailed until September. I mean, I don't un- quite understand. It's like cage fighting. Neanderthals. Sadly pathetic, stupid people. What, what does that serve? I've never quite understood anything like that. But to actually have a drinking game called Punch for Punch, where you have a drink, if you, if you miss the punch, then you have to drink and you do the forfeit. And as a result, a young man is now dead. And, uh, and then, of course, it, it's great for, uh, for the brother to come forward and say, you know, for the people at the party who call yourself friends, you should have stopped it, not try and film it. It's what people do nowadays, isn't it? They film it. How were they to know he was going to die? He must have had something the matter with him if he had a cardiac arrest. But I don't think the idea of punching somebody in the stomach whilst they're drinking alcohol, and we don't know how much drink he'd actually had, um, is going to be doing anybody any favours. Two suspects have now been questioned in Portugal into the investigation into the disappearance of Madeleine McCann. One has been there before. They both went voluntarily, unlike one of the papers yesterday, who said they'd been hauled in and were being questioned by the British police. They were not questioned by the British police at all. They were only quizzed by the Portuguese police, and they went voluntarily to the station. They weren't arrested or anything else. Are we any nearer? Probably not. Rolf Harris... Further sex uh, attack charges, more alleged victims have come forward to the police and to uh, one of the, the lawyers. Lots of pictures in the paper today of Rolf Harris at Broadmoor, 
with Jimmy Savile. I didn't know that their relationship went there, but then we had Jimmy Savile pictured in the paper in Broadmoor with Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, and Frank Bruno. And presumably, you know, people just went along with whatever Jimmy Savile did. And I don't know what the relationship was with him and Rolf Harris, but all the papers have got hold of pictures now. So somebody must have these pictures. Whether they're in archives of newspapers, I don't know. I really don't know. Railway suicides are on the up as well. I've been reading more and more stories in the papers over the past year or so um, about people actually throwing themselves in front of trains. It happens a lot on the underground. I say a lot. I mean, anything more than one, as far as I'm concerned, is a lot. But uh, last year, 278 people killed themselves on the tracks, which is ten more than the year before. However, despite the yearly death toll increasing by 46 Uh, The Samaritans say that 200 lives have been saved by specially trained rail staff in that time. I've often thought if somebody wants to to end their life, then they're going to do it. They used to say years ago, oh, it's a a cry for for help. But if you're throwing yourself in front of a fast-moving train, then I I think cry for help kind of goes out the window. Uh, J.D. Weatherspoons, the pub, is opening its first Irish bar next week. So I said, does that really make a difference, an Irish bar? There won't be a drop of Guinness in sight. A pricing row with the brand owner, I think it's called Diageo, has prompted Weatherspoons to leave the black stuff off the pumps. This is uh, in Dublin at uh, the Three Ton Tavern in Blackrock, despite it being served in 900 British outlets. After complaining barrel costs were too high, the Watford-based company will serve Beamish or Murphy's in the pub, which opens following a £2 million refit. That funny, an Irish pub that doesn't serve Guinness. I think that's hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. Um, the other story that's running in the paper today, apart from the, uh, the dreary Beckhams and their endless quest to be really anonymous and not have any publicity at all, uh, Victoria on the front page of, I think, Vogue, and uh, here she is wearing an oversized hat, wearing wellies, although I shouldn't imagine Victoria Beckham has ever grown anything in her entire life. And uh, meanwhile, over in the, uh, the Davy Boy Beckham camp, he's down to his pants again, trying to look mean and moody. Whereas, in fact, of course, that's the last thing he is. It's just that he photographs like that. Uh, Will Young has claimed he was the victim of homophobia during the Pride in London celebrations after he was asked to stop cuddling his lover at a spa over the weekend. The 35-year-old was outraged when guests complained about their affectionate behaviour. Following the incident, the Leave Right Now singer tweeted, essentially I was asked to stop hugging my boyfriend in a spa because it was offending other conservative... I read homophobic spa visitors. I'm looking forward to what the hotel has to say about it because I'm seething. I can't actually believe it. Oh, I don't know. Believe it, Will. Believe it. It's, you know, it goes on. You're always going to get it, aren't you? Perhaps it's people who didn't know who you were. Perhaps it's people who weren't aware of it or perhaps it is people, you know, who are just anti that kind of thing. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the hotel says. Because that's, the, that's the, the benchmark, isn't it? The hotel should say, we're terribly sorry, that is not what we expect from our guests here. And perhaps they'll ban the other guests, if indeed they've ever been there before. I don't know. I don't know. More on the Yeti. Over the years, I've seen more pictures of blooming Yetis and uh, loony people going, oh, I, I took a picture of Bigfoot. What do they call it? Sasquatch? Whatever it is, it's something peculiar. Sasquatch or something. And, and every time I see a picture, it's always very hazy. Whereas, in fact, you and I know that even with camera phones now, the picture-perfect quality is so brilliant. You know, you could photograph an ant and put it up on the internet, but yet all these pictures of the Yeti just appear to be sort of some hazy thing superimposed on. But uh, now they say the Yeti could turn out to be a bear. No kidding. No kidding. Apparently a new study has taken two samples of hair, purportedly taken from the creature, 
shown by DNA tests to belong to an animal whose closest relative is an ancient polar bear. They share a genetic fingerprint with a 40,000-year-old bear fossil found in the Arctic. So, in other words, it's a brown bear, OK, that stands up like all bears stand up. They all do it, I'm afraid. It's There's no such thing as the Yeti. There's no Loch Ness Monster. There's no such thing as ghosts. There's no such thing as spirits that come around and move things. It's just lies. OK, simple as that. There we go. We sort that problem. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past six is the time. The sun cometh up in London. The sun shineth its rays. And uh, we all go, oh, whoopee, another nice day. Front pages of the papers. This is what you're waking up to this morning. Uh, on the Daily Mirror, new suspects quizzed. Four formal subse- uh, suspects in the hunt for Madeleine McCann. And two of them have been interviewed last night, not by the British police who were there. Uh, but by the Portuguese police, and uh, they didn't haul the four people in for grilling, as the Mirror said. They turned up of their uh, of their own accord. Julia Roberts' half-sister claimed in her suicide note her family were to blame for making her life unbearable. It's the trouble with suicide notes, isn't it? They, they can write anything down there, and then people try and unravel whatever it is that uh, that went on in their lives. The Mail today, they're talking about the, uh, the champions... This is uh, Rafa Nadal and Maria Sharapova, both suffering shock defeats yesterday. But that's what makes it, I suppose, fun for people, not knowing who's going to go through and who isn't. Half a million women are being denied a seven-pee-a-day pill that could prevent breast cancer because of NHS red tape. I should imagine they're probably spending too much money on people's boob jobs nowadays. You know, my boobs are too big, my boobs are too small. We waste money on things like that, whereas, in fact, 500,000 people a day could benefit from a, a drug which only costs 7p a day. Daily Express, Murray's secret tips for success. I don't think we should jump the gun too much. I think we should just let him get on with it and do it in his own way. Let's not analyse the food. Let's not analyse anything. Don't interview his mother. And let's just sort of let him get it if he wins again. Nice. Let's just, let's just keep our fingers crossed. Statins are safe. Can't make up their mind, the papers nowadays, can they? Statins are not safe. Statins are safe. Uh, Research over 25 years has provided clear and definitive definitive evidence to back the use of the cholesterol-lowering drugs. Uh, Because I take statins, and there's probably, probably millions of you listening at the moment who also take them. The Hunt for Madeline. British police start to question four suspects. No, they don't. It's the... I wish the papers would get it right. It's so annoying. The Portuguese police are doing it. The British police can sit in, but they're not questioning them at all. 84850, steve at uk. Sunny down in uh, in Paddock Wood, which actually is sunny everywhere today. I'm quite pleased about the weather. I think it's it's good. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. I'm trying to get everything in. Uh, another one here, and uh, it says here, all this talk about uh, about Rolf Harris makes me feel physically sick. Well, I mean, you know, that's it. That's it. You know, it's uh, it's the way it goes, isn't it? The papers are full of pictures today. Pictures today of Rolf and Jimmy down at Broadmoor. I've uh, part read the Broadmoor report. There was no mention in there, as far as I could see, of Rolf Harris. But there again, when that report was prepared, they weren't actually uh, prepared for somebody else, I'm afraid. 84850, uk. Thank you, incidentally, for... Uh, for boosting the audiences of this uh, programme. Every so often I should keep saying thank you. But uh, we are the most listened to programme at this time, which is very nice indeed. Very happy. Gwyneth and the stars in her eyes. It's the ultimate game of dressing up. Uh, So they've got Gwyneth Paltrow dressing up as Audrey Hepburn, uh, dressing up as Farrah Fawcett, dressing up as Madonna. Unfortunately, it just looks like Gwyneth Paltrow. 
They don't, she doesn't look like Farrah Fawcett, she doesn't look like Madonna, and she doesn't look like Audrey Hepburn. And uh, the other story running in the papers, Amanda Knox's ex-boyfriend has abandoned her, saying she's not sure she was with him when Meredith Kircher was killed. Raphael Solicito has pointed to phone records showing Knox was away from his home for part of the evening and said she may have lied to him. The pair have always said they were together at the time of the murder. In 2007, the exchange student Meredith was found in the cottage she shared with Knox, half-naked with her throat slit. Knox said she got a text from her boss while at uh, Solicito's house, telling her not to come to her job at the nightclub that night, but phone records show it was received on the road between their houses. I get the feeling somebody's telling the most awful lies here. The Daily Telegraph, it's uh, savers lose out as banks cut the super ISA rate. New law to tackle revenge porn. I'm not too sure what revenge porn is. This is where people release pictures of people when they split up and they then try and shame them into going back with them again. I don't know. There are also, there's a story here of uh, Emma Jones, a teacher from Caerphilly in Wales, who killed herself because she believed her former boyfriend had posted pictures of her on Facebook. She was working in Abu Dhabi and feared she'd be jailed in the Muslim country at an inquest. Her former partner denied the claim and the coroner said he couldn't be blamed for her death. But uh, there are lots of these where people have had pictures taken when they've been in a relationship thinking that they're going to remain private and they turn out not to be private because when it all goes pear-shaped, then people, you know, start taking revenge. Hence, revenge. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Amazing how many people do eat fast food, actually. Judging by your texts and emails this morning, most of you seem to find... And judging by the queues in all the fast food places first thing in the morning, you obviously need something. An Irish pub, Steve, without Guinness is like Greg's without sausage rolls. I suppose it is, really. I mean, I've never heard of such a thing before. But it's only... It's only for, uh, for really, people to, uh, to sort of go out nowadays, isn't it? What are they going to do with the overweight kids after stigmatising them? There are no facilities to address it, so what's the point? No residential obesity wards, clinics, fat clubs, or even daily sport or exercising schools. Oh, there's certainly daily exercise. Absolutely. The kids get out, so every opportunity they're outside. But I think what they're trying to stamp out is the... Uh, is the if all the kids just ate the school dinner, it's supposed to be nutritionally balanced... And that's why they want to try and cut down on presumably what teachers think are the huge amounts of obese children who are turning up in, in schools because their parents can't be bothered to cook. So they say, oh, there's some money, go to McDonald's or go to this or go to that. And from an early age, it's not good. You can't eat pizza every day without putting on weight. Uh, another one here. Uh, the BBC blasted refusing an inquiry into the sex crimes of Rolf Harris. One angry child protection campaigner said the BBC has to expose what's gone on. Well, I suppose, to be honest with you, I bet the BBC is sitting back thinking, Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris, who next? Who next? The internet uh, alive with sort of stories and rumours about who could be the next person, because I think they're on a roll at the moment, and I think they're, now they've, they've got more people to come out. What generally happens with these cases is that they investigate it, then it goes public, and after that... They then get other people coming forward, other people who perhaps wouldn't have come forward if they uh, had realised that there was nobody else there. But when they realise that there are other people out there saying something, then they want to say the same again. Dolly Parton was so impressed with her appearance at Glastonbury, she apparently uh, thinks the idea of having her own festival, the Dolly Parton Festival, I'm not sure really a whole Dolly Parton Festival would be brilliant, but uh, she's revealed, while at Worthy Farm, I have a lot of land up near East Tennessee, and we do a lot of festivals through my Dollywood company. 
She's 68. She'd think she would retire, but no. No sign of retiring whatsoever and has no interest, has no interest in retiring. But uh, she thinks, you know, she could have her own festival. I see no reason why not. Seeing as uh, Mr Evis said he reckoned, what was it, eight, uh, six more years of running Glastonbury, and if he lives that long, and that would that would just be it. Six more years, he thinks it's got that much life in it. Although this year seemed to be more people than ever. And if Dolly Parton can pull a crowd like that, I mean, <laughs> that's some going, is it? I mean, bigger than all the other groups down there. She did very well indeed. Uh, Anthony, he says, uh, I know most of the presenters at LBC. You really? Do you really? How do you know most of the... Pre- oh, I n- think I know how you know the presenters at LBC. He said, um, I know you're going to the McAlpine estate. If anything changes, let me know. The family event starts at 10 o'clock and finishes at 6 for Bar Italia's 65th anniversary. He says, I can tell you now that Chris Evans is bringing his Ferrari along. It's outrageous. How can I compete with things? I can't compete with stuff like that. I could wheel my bicycle down for you, Anthony. (laughs) And uh, Suggs is going to be down there and will be singing. And Adam Ant is going to be there as well. Sounds but Listen, I wish you a very, very pleasant day. I hope you raise lots of money for Great Ormond Street. I really hope you do. Uh, other stories on the front of the uh, the papers, the Times, are looking at an Australian. I don't know how you pronounce some of these. I don't know how these sports commentators get through this kind of thing. It took me years to learn how to pronounce Navratilova. I could never get round things like that. But this is an Australian called Nick, who caused a sensation when he knocked out Rafa Nadal. And I suppose, but it's always the case, isn't it? It Somebody can come from behind and all of a sudden they do it. Superbugs threatening to return to the Dark Ages. Britain to lead the fight against the antibiotic resistance. Patients, not GPs, are to blame for this crisis. And finally, on the Independent on the front page, they've got um, the uh, the parents, Avi and Rachel Frankel, at the funeral of uh, uh, Knopf, uh, their son, uh, Naftali, one of the three teenagers found murdered in the West Bank. A tragic day for them. Absolutely tragic day for them. And the reviews of uh, Monty Python. I know that James O'Brien's producer, Michael, went to see the Monty Pythons. And I spoke to somebody shot a while ago and he said, I don't, will I find them funny, Steve? I said, I don't know. Did you find them funny on the television, Clive? And he said, um, he said well, I didn't find them that funny. I said, well, you never know. Keep an open mind. You might find them very funny. Sometimes old people on stage can be quite funny. I know, I've done a one-man show, so I... I yeah, He's expecting the worst, but hoping for the best. I, th- I think you'll have a nice day. Anyway, you can have an ice cream and a hot dog. You know, and that'll be lovely, and the seats were really expensive. Have a lovely day. I'm back with you tomorrow morning at four. Download the podcast as quick as you can. Up next, the morning news with Lisa Aziz, Nick Ferrari, and the team with you from seven.